0: Hey, it's Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode 99 for Wednesday, April 3rd, 2019. What's up, onesies? How you guys doing? Did you have a good week? Have you had several good weeks in a row? Who knows? Have you got several good weeks uh, coming up? So many questions, only some answers. (laughs) I was going to say, no one knows. I'm like, well, the past ones you probably know. We are kicking off another episode, guys. I'm so excited to have you here. Guys and gals, man, why can't we just update are gender-neutral greetings, huh? Guys, is so... Uh, how how do, every episode does this happen that I start off and I just manage to put <laughs> my fucking foot in something? Listen, it's going to be a great episode. Uh, is it? I also can't tell the future. I think it is. Um, is. I've had a uh, crazy week. Um, well, not crazy. For me, crazy. It's been driving me crazy. Um, I got pos- lots of positives. Uh, not really... Any negatives? Oh, I think the only negative is that I I I can't. I'm having a real big issue with uh, <laughs> time management this week and stress, but um, but it's good. And here's the thing: I can't really share with you guys right now what the good is because I'm terrified of jinxing it. Absolutely terrified of jinxing it. So yeah, I I mean, next episode is episode 100. You know, wow, a hundred episodes. You know, that's not counting the uh, bonus episodes. We're well over a hundred episodes with, uh, with the bonus interviews, but in terms of just me running my mouth about my week, oh my God, 99 next week, a hundred this week. I'm going to be talking about, uh, I spent some time watching like documentaries and stuff this week. And, um, and I don't mean hours on end I actually was doing some other work and throwing them on in the background. But of course, unlike podcasts, good medium choice, by the way, um, when you're watching something, you know, uh. Well, I shouldn't say when you're watching something. Fuck it, who cares? I'm going to say all sorts of stuff where I'm incorrect. If you put on something like Netflix or or whatever, generally speaking, if you're trying to do work at the same time, a lot of the times if it's if it's engaging, you're going to stop. You're going to find yourself staring at the TV and not doing what you're trying to do. Well, that's what I did this week. Usually, I put on podcasts so I can just keep hammering away because when it's audio only, you're not like, geez, I got I got to stop and look around for this. What what? Right? You're just you're just doing your thing. So, in my particular case. Um, I was watching documentaries this weekend. I was dragging ass, uh, during work because, uh, I found them fascinating, but I'll talk more about that later. I did a a one nighter, uh, show. I also hosted uh, open mic Mondays. Um, so I'm getting some comedy and I actually was very happy to do some new material too. Um, been sipping on whiskeys, not doing the whiskey tastings, just, uh, finding myself, uh, at some point during the day, having a little nip of something nice. And, uh, and, and I will be reading an email. Oh my God, an email. You never get those. I got one this week. So I'll read an email at the end of the episode. That's what we're going to be talking about. Um, I had to bring my car in this week. Um, I, uh, ever since I got my new vehicle, um, uh, periodically, uh, it's got Apple CarPlay. So I don't know if my listeners, if you guys have Apple CarPlay in your vehicles, I love it. Um, or maybe I, I know it does Android too. I just don't have an Android, so I don't know what the equivalent of that is. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how it interfaces, but if you guys have that awesome, um, what I'd like to know is if you guys have ever had any issues with it. Hmm. I Tried to take my swing of my coffee and the handle was sticking out the wrong way. Whack the microphone. Um I also don't have my internet teeth in. Oh my god, so many things going on in my life. And I'm still such a good bitch. Um, you know, taking care of my uh my teeth and whatnot. If this is your first time joining me, internet teeth are my uh my my aligners, my little invisible aligners that uh, straighten in the old uh chiclets. I'm not wearing them currently because, of course, I'm drinking my coffee. I'm doing this first thing in the morning on Tuesday, guys. You guys are the first things that I am talking to in the morning. Hopefully, this means uh, you know more epidescent means uh, more energy for you guys, more engaging storytelling on my part. Um, so far, it's scatterbrain-ness, trying to remember what order I should talk about everything. But here's the thing with my car. Since I got it, I plug in the Apple CarPlay, and it works flawlessly for like 10 days. And then I'll go to, you know, tap the, the Google maps app or whatever to put in an address for somewhere. And, uh, and then it'll freeze for a second, almost as if like I tapped it and then I, I, I hadn't like it, didn't register or whatever. So you go to tap it again two or three times and I notice nothing's happening. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. So what happens is it actually freezes and then it like kicks off the Apple CarPlay. So there's a little spot on the, the screen, the home screen that, that says like a smartphone connect. And then when your phone is connected, it says like Apple CarPlay or whatever the Android equivalent is. Um, so it'll kick my phone off and then or, and then go back to the main menu and it just says smartphone connect. So you can connect your phone, nothing. You can go through all the simple troubleshooting things like, you know, disconnecting the phone and then reconnecting the phone, you know, deleting the phone and then, you know, clicking it again. And the car even recognizes that a, a new phone has been connected, but that, that button that allows you into the whole CarPlay menu just never shows back up. So the only way to fix it is to reset the entire vehicle's memory. Like you click and you go, you know, factory reset the whole thing, which deletes all my satellite radio program stations and all my settings and you know all the Bluetooth stuff. It just basically wipes the entire thing. Um, you know, and then I sit the side of the road for 15 minutes while well, it reacquires the you know navigation satellites and blah 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 blah. It sucks, it sucks, but it's not the end of the world. You're just like, okay, well, once every two weeks I have to reprogram everything. It sucks, but it's not the end of the world. Well. It happened again uh you know last week, and uh you know i'm I'm doing this program right now right where I'm driving around every day, and I've got to put an address in like every five minutes so for you know for it to kick off in the middle of the day and then for me to sit on the side of the road for fifteen minutes while everything resets and whatever it's just I was like, you know what, this shouldn't be the case with a brand new vehicle, like you know maybe one time a glitch because you know it was new and my phone needed an update or something like I'm making excuses for it, so at this point, I'm like, you know what. Enough's enough. I got to get this thing fixed. I also, at the same time, while I was driving to the dealership, I made an appointment for Thursday, uh, last Thursday. And on my way there, I'm like, you know what else I've been trying to figure out is how my my adaptive cruise control works. I don't know if you guys have that, but uh, adaptive cruise control is... Once you throw cruise control on, it'll actually allow you to set the distance behind the vehicles in front of you that you want to stay. So, like, not only will you go at a cruise speed, there's nothing, you know, more annoying than when you're at cruise control on the highways. Again, I do a lot of driving for stand up and, uh, you find yourself you know, constantly disengaging because there's other vehicles ahead of you. Someone puts pulls in front of you or whatever and you're just, you're constantly turning off cruise and then, you know, beating it back up, whatever. Well, the adaptive cruise control allows you to set a distance. So there's a radar on, on the front of the vehicle. So, uh, you know, if you do end up coming up behind somebody else, it'll just cruise at their speed too. It basically matches the speed behind the vehicle and at a distance that you set in the intervals. So I was trying to find uh, how to set the adaptive cruise control. There's a button right on the wheel you know, trying to set it, but it would never work. I would just turn on cruise in the middle of my, my dash. There'd be a screen, the thing that just says cruise control on or whatever. And there's nothing I could do. I was like, I watched YouTube videos and they're like, here's how you engage it. You press this, then that. I'm like, cool. I was doing exactly that. I tried doing exactly that again. You know, <clears throat> even my phone on YouTube video at the time, testing it on the highway with lo- very low traffic. I was just trying to find the, the little car icon that was supposed to come up. So Nothing wasn't working away to the dealership. So I get to the dealership. I tell them a the problem with my Apple CarPlay. Now at this point I had reset it. It happened to me on Tuesday. I booked the appointment. I reset it and, and did that. I expected them to just, you know, believe me. And then I also told them I either need some, there's either something wrong with my adaptive cruise control, or I need someone to show me how to set it properly. Cause I'm not doing it right. Uh, it's just not coming on for me. And, uh, so I, you know, I go sit in the thing while they take a peek. um, they come get me like 45 minutes later and they're like, okay, well, one of our guys took it for a drive, the adaptive cruise control. Like they, they walk me into the bay and they're like, this is how you do it. So you see this button right here on the wheel. Yeah. You just press that and they press it. And I'm looking at the screen in my fucking car and a screen I've never seen before comes up from them doing honest to God. They did exactly the same. That guy said, we're talking two buttons here. We're not like, Hey, go into this menu. Then you click this and it's up, up, down, down, left, right, left, like none of that bullshit. Okay it was you press cruise and then you press this button which is exactly what i was doing and a screen I've never seen comes on before, exactly the one from the YouTube video, exactly the way it happens in the YouTube video, exactly the way I tried it several times myself. And it's just a brand new screen. The screen that I was seeing never should have been. In fact, I don't know how to get that screen that I was seeing prior. So I'm standing there like a fucking lunatic who says that they saw a ghost going. On. Guys, I swear to God, that's not the screen that ever came up. I was pressing it. I go, Did he reset something or, or give it a reboot? They go, No, he just took it for a drive and, and did it and it worked. I was like, Fuck that. I've been trying, oh, guys, I've had this car for two months. I've been trying for two months to get this thing to come on every time I'm thinking of it on the road, right? Never comes on. Never comes on. Uh it's been a completely different screen. In fact, now when I do the process, the old screen that I would have had on there never shows up and it's just always working perfectly. So I'm like, okay, that which is a little unsettling to be honest with you because um if it just if it's just when they there, you know, there was some old screen, no update was done on the vehicle, whatever. And just now it's just working out of the blue because the technician was the one testing it. I don't know. I, I think the guy must have done something or, or I'm a fucking lunatic, but anyways, uh, and then they go, and so CarPlay is easy. So, you know, you you just, you just plug the phone in. They're showing me this. They just go, do you just plug the phone in? And then you go to this main screen. You see where it says smart Apple CarPlay. That's where you click on it. I go, yeah, I fucking know that. I go, I reset it. That's why it's working right now. I go, but it never, it never lasts more than, oh, 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 we got a text message. Is that Jeff? Is that Jeff? Mm, sorry, guys. All right. To the Fred. friend. I got to get Jeff from the club to call me, try to book some spots before the zoo begins. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, So anyways, I'm like, yeah, it's working now. I go, but the problem is that I will get periodically locked out of the vehicle. You know what I mean? Like, or locked out of the the car play. And I go, that's, it's a giant pain in the ass. And they're like, oh, well, I mean, like it's working right now. We don't know what to tell you. Like it's. And I'm like, okay, so basically my cruise control worked. There was no problem. There was no issue. And my phone or my car is working for CarPlay right now. So there's no issue. They're like, they're like, yeah, unfortunately, like they said, we can like, we can like hard reset the vehicle. Like where apparently you tap the two battery cords together and, uh, and it resets the vehicle. So they they said that they did that for me or that they do that for me, which should get rid of any bug or whatever. And I'm like, all right, do it. So uh, they're like, but if it happens again, don't reset it bring it in so that we can see the problem. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll do that. So um, naturally I drive off, you know, um, and I'm like, all right, so the vehicle's reset or whatever. And I see that like all my stations are still there and all, you know, all the programming is still there. And I'm like, did you guys, I thought you guys like hard, I called them and I'm like, I thought you guys hard reset it. They're like, oh yeah, we hard reset it, but your stuff will still show up. I'm like, well, if, if all the things are still showing up, then I don't really see much of a hard reset. Anyways, point being, I, reset the vehicle they said they reset it so i reset the vehicle again hard reset wiped everything going okay they've reset one aspect of it i'm as- resetting the other aspect this should fix the fucking problem you know what i mean i shouldn't have to deal with this crap anymore all right the cruise control is now working miraculously with no issue like the adaptive cruise control part so okay all right so we're, we're everything's solved i wipe everything i put all my stations back in yada 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 cool that was thursday middle of the day uh, first thing Saturday morning, the issue happens again. And of course, there's no text all weekend long. I'm not going to be able to use my maps or my music or anything like that from the phone. So I'm like groovy. But I left it so that they could see it. Monday morning comes around. I bring it in and I show them, uh, show the guy who originally looked at it. They bring their platinum uh, rep, also named Josh, uh, comes and looks at it. And they're all just like, they're like, nah, for fuck's sakes. And I go, yeah. And here's the thing. It, it's a shame it's a shame that like we all have to jump through those hoops. You know what I mean? Like I and I explain to them every step. So I'm like, if you guys want, we'll run the gambit of like all the different things that we can do. Like you know, the delete the phone, the repair it, the the this, the that, and, you know, de- deleting CarPlay from my phone and then reinstalling it and repairing. And they're like, no, 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 it's all right. Like I go, they're like, they're just seeing now. and They're plug. I'm like, over oh, there, plug your phone into just to make sure it's not my phone. You know, plug your phone into, and they plug theirs in, and it wouldn't come up. So I'm like, all right, there we go. What I'm trying to say is, it's a shame that dealerships just can't take our word for it because we have uh, people who know nothing about cars and who are lunatics. Like I'm a fucking lunatic with my neuroses, but here's the thing. I do everything myself first before I go ask for help with anything in life. If I need help, if I need something, I'm going to exhaust all my own personal options first. I'm going to try it. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google it. You know, I'm going to try like five different solutions that I find on Google, not just the first one with the most hits that probably has been paid for to be at the top. Um, you know what I mean? Just you're, you're going to try to, to troubleshoot yourself. You're going to actually give it the old college try. Whereas, you know, you got these people who go and they're like, ugh, can't figure it's not working. And they just go in and instead of being like, hey, I'm really sorry, but I'm having issues. Is there any way that someone could show me, you know, maybe show me if I'm doing this right? It's broken. It's broken. It doesn't work. It's broken. Put in a new one. And they're like, okay, well, we can't, we have to see the problem. It's not, it's just, and then they, you know, then they'll troubleshoot and they go, oh, look, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, look, we fixed it. And all you had to do is click these two buttons. Ah, well, I was broken before. No, you're an idiot. You're a fucking idiot. And that's why when people with real problems come in and go, hey, this issue's happening. I'm sorry, I can't replicate it right now. Wish there was some sort of honesty system where you could believe that, you know, it's happening. Can we just start the fucking healing process right now, you know? Let's find the resolution now just take my word for it that this shit's happening and I've done this I've done that has my eloquence in my steps that I've taken you know not enough for you anyway so yesterday they were they were super like it's I I get it I get it. I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying there's so many fucking idiots who you know will will cry about a problem that they're not really having they're just stupid so. Um, You know, stupid, uninformed, afraid, dumb, not fucking idiots, they're fucking idiots. They don't know. I don't know anything about cars. I tell them that all the time. I go, there's very few things on this earth that I couldn't at least mildly contribute to in a conversation. But cars are like, the workings of cars are are one of them. Start talking about engines and parts. I'm like, man, I don't know what it does. I don't know what it does. I don't care. I don't care. I buy the warranty so that I don't have to know. That's what I'm doing. I could go and I could spend hours and hours and hours to learn how to do something myself, or. I could buy the warranty and never have to worry because now you have to fix it if anything happens. Um. So long story short, the, uh, the, the Josh was like, I'm going to, uh I'm going uh, to give you a call back. We're going to get on our line, find out what's going on. Like, they're like, they're like, totally like, don't worry. We, we, we see that it's happening. Definitely. There's an issue. They reached out and he's like, I'll call you back at the, uh you know, sometime later today when I get an answer, but I'll probably end up having to order you like a new, uh a new, Rate, radio, he called it, but it's basically the entire brain of the vehicle. So, so I'm gonna have to order you a new one of those. And he goes, ninety nine percent of the chance. Call me later. He's like, ninety nine percent chance it's gonna solve all the issues. Though on the Honda chats in the states, apparently they are having some issues with uh with CarPlay and certain phones or whatever. So they said it's not. Don't worry, it's not like an isolated thing that they have no answer to. A few guys said that they might there might be an update coming later on. So we put a new brain in. If it doesn't work, then we're gonna have to wait for some sort of firmware update or whatever. But Excuse me. At least I'm not out in the cold with no one fucking believing me. Like, oh yeah, look, your cruise control works and you plug in the phone. That's how CarPlay works. Really? Wow. I didn't know. Fuck. Anyways. So that was that all weekend long, a little bit of stress. I think it's just like, it's all sorts of like, this was, I also found like my first paint chips on the vehicle. So again, like, you know, just under two months old. And there's paint chips on the the hood already, and I found a few scratches. That was after sitting in like a, a car wash line for like forty five minutes on Friday. Ah, it's frustrating. Ah, it's frustrating. Um, but I'm, I've looked into some sort of thing that you can you can fix paint chips with, and it's not a paint pen because those things do a shit job. But uh, I watched a few YouTube videos on that. Um, I have some good news that I will share soon. You know what? It's not even good news yet. It's exciting now. I hope it's good news later. Um, I'll just say that I have had in the last fucking few few days um, some job interviews. Uh, so, sorry, some job offers for interviews. I keep saying job offers. So now they haven't offered me the job. They've offered me an interview for the job. Two different things. One of them I'm not really looking forward to, but I'd still be happy to get the job failing. The other one doesn't come through. The other one would be the best thing to happen to me all year. Um, maybe, maybe ever since I started comedy. Um, maybe my whole life. Can't go that far, but um, it's really good. I need to prepare for the interview. I have been trying to. But unfortunately, here's the thing, they offered, uh, they sent me one of those calendars where it's like, what date would you like to set up the interview? And when I was picking the date, I don't know why April 4th, or sorry, April 3rd seemed like it was like a week and a half away. It wasn't, it's five days away. (coughs) So I need to do like a few days of studying, and I did it when I have a bunch of LCBO promos, a bunch of other promos that I'm doing, shows at night, so I basically... I'm recording this thing first thing today because I'm hoping to, as soon as I'm done here, run out and do my, um, my daytime program and then come home and have the entire rest of the, hopefully afternoon and evening to just put my head down and study, 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 study. And then, excuse me, I'm going to move my Wednesday work to Thursday. So I'm going to do a double dose on Thursday. There's nothing going on Thursday and, uh, and then just, just all night tonight, Good night, sleep. Wake up all day tomorrow, and then I have my interview in the afternoon tomorrow, and I'm terrified because uh, <clears throat> this is really important to me. And now I have the hiccups and 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 goo in my throat. Um, What's that, guys? All right, I'm back. I really don't remember where I was at in my crazy rantings. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. And I still haven't figured. It. I've had two phone calls since too. Um. Blah body bluebity bleebity blow. Yeah, so I don't know. I've got uh got the interview tomorrow. I just want to be as ready for this as possible. Um ugh. You're welcome, Kamar. You're most welcome. Uh we're trying to get uh, spots at the club here and we missed uh we missed the the regular call in that we do. So game a quick shout. You are welcome, buddy. I hope your day is going well. Um what was I gonna say? Sorry guys, I'm all over the map. It, it's really been a, a weird couple of days for me. Um, my LCBO program is done. I finished the last two shifts this weekend. <clears throat> the stress of this new job, opportunity. I got to tell you, like I, 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 I'm sorry guys. I want to tell you, you know what? And my listeners, feel free to you know email or text or whatever. But I just, I just don't want to jinx it. You know, you guys were with me. Um, when air Canada offered me the job and I was excited for that one. And, uh, and I just botched it. Well, guess what? They called me again on Friday, offering me a different position. So instead of being customer service inside in the warmth, I would get to be a ground monkey um, out on the, the tarmac rain, sleet or snow, you know, throwing uh, 70 pound bags of luggage into plane. So <clears throat> I've got an interview with them next week, but I, to be honest with you. And it's weird because they're so close proximity of each other. Um, I want the other job, the one that I'm trying not to jinx. And at the same time, if they don't want me, I don't want to throw away this other opportunity. Right. Cause <clears throat> one of them has the one job that I'm keeping on the little, on the DL. Um, It's, it's the perfect partner for standup comedy. It's a job that I can do anywhere in the country. And, uh, and I don't have to, to, you know, be here in Ottawa, um to 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 do on a on a certain amount of time like I could basically be anywhere in the country at any time and still do my job which is amazing <clears throat> it's absolutely amazing and uh now the benefits too of the Air Canada thing is that you know you get those travel benefits after a certain amount of time however it's a part-time position which actually might end up being better part-time position and it's uh but it's here in Ottawa right now i would have to give them a certain you know 20 hours a week 20 to 30 hours a week and you know but your schedule is made six months in advance so i can sort of work around certain things but uh the being able to travel on the cheap is a great uh, perk <clears throat> anyway so i'm just trying to trying to manage expectations try not to psych myself out i had a big long conversation with my friend um my friend who used to work for this company the other night, we were probably on the phone for two hours and she was, uh, an amazing, amazing help. She was giving me all sorts of suggestions, um, sort of telling me what resources to look at and whatnot, to, uh, just to get myself prepared as best as possible. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and you know what actually else was kind of cool is I had a, a listener, um, reach out to me and just say, Hey man, um, going through some stuff. <clears throat> you no, know, it's a great, great guy. I'm not going to say his name. I don't want to, you know, air, air anything of but, his, uh, but he's a great friend. Um, he reaches out just regularly, you know, so I should say regularly. Like it is regular, regularly, you know, every, every couple of months, just, hey, man, how's it going? How you doing? Like, and I appreciate that. I really do. Um, and I'm, it's, it's, I feel terrible because every time he does, I'm usually in the middle of like two or three other things. Um, so I'm always, I'm not short, but I'm certainly not as, you know, like catch up as I'd like to be. <clears throat> but I still appreciate the fact that he reaches out and he's a great dude, but he, he reached out the other day, kind of just what would seem like the regular sort of, Hey man, how's it going? How are things? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, good man. How, you know, how are you doing? How are things with you? And he was like, ah, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm going through some, some stuff. And he was just like, Hey, do you mind if I reach out to you? Like, do you mind, you know, if, if we chat rather than than message, I just, you know, I could, I could use someone to talk to. I was like, yeah, I go, I'm again, I'm on a, a call at the moment, but I go, as soon as it's over, I promise you I'll give you a call. So ended up chatting with him for a while too. And, uh, and that was cool. You know what I mean? And it was cool in the sense that like I really appreciated the fact that, that you know, he he was willing to sort of open up to the shit he was going through with me, you know. Um, yeah, and I, it's, it's, like I said, I'm not going to air any of the stuff, but I just, I really, really appreciated that. Um, you know, obviously you guys listen to me. I'm going through shit all the time. And, uh, and some of it might seem like it's absolutely nothing to you. I'll, I, I will, sh- I will share this part of the conversation and, uh, you know, some of this might be a story I've told before. Um, but some of it might not be, um, I, and this is, this was the thing at the end of the conversation. He's like, you know, <clears throat> I got friends who were like, Hey man, look, you don't live in, you know, Africa and you're not starving. So like, it's not really that bad or whatever. And, and he's like, yeah, I know. Like, and I just told him, I go, you know what? And this is good for all of you, generally speaking, to hear uh, I would say it's good. for. And I got to remind myself of it, too, right? Because in the conversation with him, I told him, like, it's easy when shit's going bad to take that and run in a negative direction mentally. Like, I'm I'm capable of it. And the farther you run the opposite direction, the more ground you got to make up the opposite direction when you come back out of it, you know? Um, <clears throat> sorry for all the throat clearing, guys. I have no fucking idea what's going on. But um, what I'd said to him, was, I was like, listen, when people are telling you, like, hey, man, you're not blind, you're not this... And that's a great perspective to have on a regular day-to-day basis if you know shit's not hitting the fan or whatever. But sometimes just because you don't have it as bad as someone else doesn't mean that your problems don't affect you. It doesn't mean that you're not. It's very dismissive to tell someone who's going through because guess what? All of you, I'm sure that you are listen, all my listeners, I love you guys, and I'm I'm confident you're all good people. And we're programmed generally to try to help people not like if we care about someone when they're feeling bad, we we don't want them to feel bad. So we kind of want to make them feel better as fast as possible and this and that. But all of us have been in a situation where we're going through something. I don't think I have any third world listeners sitting in a mud hut right now, but somehow they've got their, you know, iPod tuned into the one man podcast. So I'm going to assume nobody that's listening has ever been a third world starving child, but that's assuming and knowing me, I'm probably wrong. On some capacity, I'll get a fucking angry email from, you know, Malaka Baka Baka. <laughs> there you go. Get yourself in trouble, Josh. Just say something offensive to make sure you piss people off. Um, you know, if you're going to give me an angry letter, I want it to be for a reason. That's all I'm saying. But uh, all of you, however, have had something happen in your life where it just sucked. And guaranteed, if some you know Ned Flanders fuck came up to you like, "Hey, you're not a starving child, right? Buck up. It's not that bad." I know that's not Ned Flanders, but you know what I'm saying? You That wouldn't make you feel any better. In fact, you'd probably want to choke that person. You know? I know I would. It's like, oh, man, these bad things. Oh, well, you're not starving. I go, well, clearly not. I'm a fat fuck. And then I'd choke them. Um, <clears throat> So just because you don't have it as bad as somebody else doesn't mean that your problems aren't, you know, real to you. That, that what you're going through doesn't affect you, you know on an emotional level and, and, and fuck you up. Like, so, so, so dismissive things like that aren't helpful. If you're that person who tells people, Oh, well, at least you're not this. I know you're trying to help, but you're not. And in fact, what you're kind of letting someone know whether they're sort of really feeling it in a recognizable way or just feeling it is that you don't even care to listen to what I'm going through because you're just sort of dismissing it. Well, you're not this or that. So feel bad. You're like, so i told I told them a story, and I said, "Hey, man, like I get that yeah, you're not a starving child, but what you're going through is real man, that sucks like you're you don't deserve this, and these things suck and I go, <clears throat> I'll give you an example. we can dismiss other people's shit thinking that oh well, it's not really that real um a few years ago before I started the podcast, i was uh you know one of the times that Crystal and I had uh, broken up um I was dating someone um she she met me at a show, she really enjoyed my set. We were, we were having a conversation afterwards and it's sort of like by the end of the night, you know, we, we went for a drink somewhere, um, really hit it off. We had a great time. So, uh, she was, uh, 22, I was 33. She was super gorgeous, uh, rich Jewish girl from Montreal, like family, very successful, everything like that. And I was just like, I don't know what the fuck she sees in me, but you know, things were going, things were, it was, it was nice. I, I was interested in this person. Um, but the thing was. You know, the we started spending some time together. I remember, I remember, she was like at one point she was really stressed out. She was finishing uh, university, and she had to decide like where she wanted to go to school next year. And she's like, my parents have offered to pay for you know my tuition anywhere I want to go in the world, but I don't know what school to pick. And it's and she was really stressed out about it, like legitimately stressed. She wasn't you know being. St- I don't know, twatty about it. Like, oh my God, I don't even know where I should go. Like, which shoes should I buy? Like, it wasn't like that. She's like, I really don't know. She was, you could tell she was stressed out about it. She'd bring it up occasionally when we were just talking about, you know, what's going on with her and she was stressed. And now I remember the first time she said that in my head, like I'm rolling my eyes going like, wow, that's a, that's a rough problem to have. I can go anywhere I want and I just don't know what to pick. Like, boo-hoo. Mentally, I never said it out loud. I never dismissed anyone's feelings, but in my head, I'm like, oh, that's not really. And then I thought about it You know, because I was like, why is this so stressful? And I'm like, you know what? This person, while she's well off and she's never, you know, had to struggle for anything. I'm like, her dad is really successful. Her mother's really successful. Her parents are separated. So, but both of them, very successful people, nice houses. She's got successful family members, lots of really successful friends who are like on Dragon's Den, which for my US listeners is like Shark Tank in Canada, but who've gone on that show and made deals and things like that. So we're like young, early 20 year olds who are, starting businesses and things like that and and then for her it's like well whatever school she decides to go to is going to make a big difference on her future so so picking the right school is you know determines whether or not she's just you know a, another person in a successful group of people or if she ends up being the black sheep and you know it does she doesn't get the the super successful job that that she's you know basically it's just pressure and the thing is as much as you know that oh i can go anywhere i want i don't know what to pick might seem like boohoo to some of us, to her, it's a big deal because it's the difference between whether or not she's, she's successful or not, whether or not she made the right choice and whether or not her family thinks she's a colossal failure, her friends and colleagues and all that other shit. So I'm just saying a uh, very long winded point is that, um, just because something doesn't seem like a problem to you doesn't mean it's not a problem to that person. So we had talked for a long time. That wasn't, it's not, not like this is the only point that I made, but just at the end, the guy was trying to pull himself out of the funk and, and he's just like, you know, people tell me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know I should just listen. You don't have to do that. All right. You don't have to take problems that are real to you and dismiss them because other people have it worse. There's always going to be someone that has it worse, which is why, and I know I've said this before, comparison is the death of happiness. You don't need to compare yourself to anybody else. Just You know, compare yourself to you. You don't have to be better than, you know, you don't have to be better than anybody else. You just have to be better than you were. So my point is I was really, excuse me, um, really grateful that, uh, that this listener chose to reach out to me and, and child me. And I, and it's kind of cool because you know what, Um, as much as every week I yell to the universe, my problems and what's going on with me and some of them complaints and some of them, you know, good things. I told him it's kind of, it's kind of cool that I, I can do that in the podcast because like I will be honest and sincere about how I'm feeling with stuff and to do that in a way that no matter, like anybody can hear this, it's free to anybody, right? So like friends, enemies, I don't really have any enemies, but people who don't like me, right? people want to shit on me, they can listen to this and they can have all the ammo that they want. You know what I mean? But there's also something very freeing in that, that I feel very transparent. I feel very, you know, honest doing my podcast and, you know, and I'm not to say that I never fucking contradict myself, whatever I'm human guys, but in my heart, when I'm saying things, I, I, leave the positions at the time. So I'm not here outright going, I'm going to say this. And then next week I'm do the opposite. All of us, you know, have resolutions that we break and shit like that. All I'm saying is that when I'm talking about who I am as a person and things that I think and feel or whatever, I'm, I'm being as honest as I can be. And it's out there for anyone to hear. But the freeing thing of that is like, if somebody really does want to come at me for, you know, showing my belly and being vulnerable, um, I kind of don't care. You know what I mean? It sucks. I still have feelings and shit, but I'm just saying that like, to me, instead of being like, oh, I don't want someone to dislike me or use this against me. It's more like, well, it's actually going to be the fastest way for me to tell whether or not I want somebody in my life. You know what I mean? So if other, other people want to listen to this uh, and come at me, Hey, I'll take the free download. And at the same time, it'll let me know what kind of person you are and whether or not I want to associate with you. You know what I mean? Can I work with this person or whatever it is? So I don't know. I, I get that therapy and I appreciate the fact that, that he listens. He's like, Hey man, I think that Josh is the kind of guy that I can, I can chat with and I'm, he's not going to make me feel judged or make me feel like I shouldn't, uh, you know, I shouldn't uh, as, as lame and new age and weak as it may sound. I know what it sounds like to some people, but to, to be vulnerable, man, it's uh, you know, he's uh he's a good friend. And I, I appreciate the fact that uh, that he's willing to do that. And that's just going to make our friendship stronger because you know, The guy can, the guy can fucking be done. It's hard for, for men to be weak, man. It's, um, you know, that's like, I'm, I'm very comfortable in, you know, being vulnerable and shit like that. But even talking about it now on this podcast, where again, I let all that shit hang out just to say like, I know it sounds new age. Like I I still feel like I have to be mildly defensive of the fact, but to be honest, I feel like a better person when I can just be like, look, I'm going to say it like it is. And if you don't like it, you know? I I honestly find it's so funny. Like, at when you're young and you're hearing all these things, saying it's it takes it takes a real man to to admit he's afraid and shit like that. You're hearing that, you're like, that sounds kind of fucking, it sounds like a pussy or <laughs> whatever. But I'm I'm starting to learn more. Like to to try to pretend like you're strong. Here's the funny thing, right? Is that the real people? Like if you if you look up to someone, you're trying to oppress them, and and then you 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 know you feign strength and and you know. and and courage and shit like that. Other people can see, you know, everyone's been around someone who like, you know, is insecure and they're pretending that they're not. And you're like, like, look, they can protest all they want. I can see it, you know? So it's almost just like, it's cool when you can admit that you're, you know, you know, you're going through shit or whatever, because it actually does show strength. You know what I mean? It shows strength. It shows trust versus you're like, I already know you're afraid. And if you're going to pretend you're not like, now I know that, you know, you're a liar and you're in denial too. It's like, you have more problems than just the fear. You know what I mean? No guy wants to be that way, you know, but it's funny too, because it even uh, strengthens relationships with significant others. Like a lot of guys are like, well, I don't want to be like weak around my wife or whatever. And it's like, well, that's only going to make your relationship better, not worse. She's not gonna be like, wow, he's a weak little bitch. She's gonna be like, wow, he really opened up to me and he really trusts me. Like I, I get to see a side of him that nobody else does. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I don't, like I said, it really does show strength to be able to, to admit your, your shortcomings or whatever. All right. Let's fucking move on from this. 35. This is going to be a long one, guys. It's a fucking long one this week, but I, I have shit to talk about. Hoping some of it's motivational. <laughs> probably, probably not. It's probably just going to make me sound more like a pussy. To all of you unenlightful people, and I don't give a fuck. I am proud to be a pussy right now. I'm actually starting to feel real goddamn good about myself, which is rare, very rare. And as much as I'm terrified for the things that are coming up in my my. my Fuck! Very, very near future. Um, I'm actually starting to feel really good. Like I've actually, I've gotten myself to a point where I am not going to accept what I don't want from from people. Um, out of respect, I'm not going to go into that too much. But, um, I've had some other conversations with friends who are going through similar things, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm good to be single. And next time I'm around somebody, you know, that I see things and that I don't like, I'm not gonna be like, well, you know, maybe the like if you don't like the person right out of the gate, don't don't be in that relationship. Don't don't try to pursue that. Don't try to change somebody. If you're in a relationship right now and you're waiting for the person that you're with to change and show things that you like, get out. Not gonna happen. People don't change unless they want to. You gotta look at the person that you're with right now and go, if this person stays exactly like this, do I still want to be with them? Blah, blah, blah. Answer's yes. Boom. Smooth sailing. If not, you're just delaying the inevitable. And that is absolutely true. Oh, look at me. It's a Ted talk from Josh. Um, <laughs> this coffee, I made it long before I started setting up the podcast. It's cold and gross, but I need the caffeine to keep me going. Um, what else can I tell you about? I did a show. It's uh, with my buddy, Matt Carter. It was for like a tile and uh, stone company. Blue color it was really cool. It was a fun show where the spouses were there, and it was so funny. The whole sales team—it's like these young, young, young pups in suits and everything like that. And I'm I'm chatting with them, thinking they're the sales guy. I'm like, "Where's the Where's the sales department?" Whatever the, the the table, both men and women put their hands up at that table, and it turned out all of the gorgeous girlfriends were the salespeople, um, not uh, not the fellas. And uh, that's that's backwards of me to think that way, but I'm only going off of averages. And, you know, the 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 what I've seen in the past. So um I even sit on the stage, I'm like, I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's that is the opposite. But I'm like, good for you. I'm like, I I talked to the owner at the same time from the stage, I'm like, you got like a moxies thing going on too. You're like, you know what? I'm not interested in having a bunch of dudes trying to sell my hot chicks. Bring hot chicks in front of the the gargoyles behind the tile, you know, do like a mox I don't know if you guys know what moxies is internationally, but it's like a it's like a Hooters that tries to pretend it's not a Hooters. It's the in denial guy version of Hooters. Hooters is like come in and check out our bums and our titties and enjoy our mediocre food. And Moxies is like come to our nice restaurant. Um don't look at our titties cuz that's not what this is about, uh even though they're hanging out and everything and uh, enjoy our mediocre food except it's really good it's super good we have like a chef who makes uh, boring ass salads and stuff um we're a nice restaurant here's the thing moxie's this uh i've i've heard this from multiple sources so i'm confident in it but have i seen it in writing no so just so you know odds are what i'm about to say is true i've heard it from multiple sources who work there but like i said i haven't seen it black and white myself so uh, moxie's servers do not get hired as servers, they get hired as models. Do you know why? Because if uh, you're a model and you gain weight, you can be fired, uh, but not as a server. So um, Moxie's, because it's not about how good the women look there. It's about their their wonderful food. Uh, they're not a Hooters uh, bullshit. Um, they, uh, yeah, they hire women as models and they can fire them if they get fat. So um, that was the joke that I said on stage. It was like, you get like a Moxie's thing going on. You hire all these hot chicks to work for you. You should do the same thing too, right? And if you get fat, you're fired. I had a big laugh off of that one. It was a fun show. Matt did great. I did great. Uh, good times were had by all. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm having a good time with life, guys. I'm having a good time with life right now. I'm cr- I'm busy. And here's the thing. I'm making lots of money because I'm working constantly. Um. It was funny. I talked with Simon the other day, and he was like, he's like, so... He's like, you're, you're kind of like working all the time. Simon, Simon, uh, simple Simon, he's the, the lovely little gentleman who lives in our basement. He's a doorman in absolute comedy. He is on the spectrum. Uh, he refuses to get tested, but we, we're all certain that Simon is on the spectrum. We think he's got some sort of Asperger's or something. Not to run him down publicly or anything, but anyone who knows Simon knows there's a bubble in his brain somewhere. Uh, but, uh, but Simon is, is, a, is a work shift guy. You know, he has a job at a hostel during the day and then he works occasionally as a doorman at absolute comedy. So Simon works the kind of shifts where it's like, yeah, you, you, you have a job where you go in, you work your shift, you go home and there's nothing to do with it at it. So, but again, as a, as a comic, as a self, uh, self-made man, uh, still in the making. Um, I, I work just about all the time. I'm always doing something uh, the podcast is, is, you know, pro bono or whatever. Right. But there's always things that I'm reading or prepping or editing or something like that for the podcast podcast is a constant thing my other programs are a constant thing and taking more like I'm I will take as much or as little work as possible I've always got something I'm doing like graphic design I do some graphic design stuff for absolute or whatever like I'm always working right you work as much or as little so he was just kind of like you're you're always working how when is your time off I'm like it's I don't know if people understand that for entrepreneurship it's like you don't have time off When you own your business or you are your business, you're always doing something for it. You know, I like, look, I I go to the movies and shit like that. But in fact, I think I've mentioned before that I kind of, I go to movies because it sort of forces me to just sit down for like two hours and not work. I like the distraction. Um, I almost never watch movies at home. Not, not uninterrupted. Right. Like what I was talking before about watch, putting them on Netflix and I'm still trying to do work while enjoying them. It's like a, like a, a side cut. It's an aperitif to I don't know. Um so it's uh yeah, you're never just not working. But uh this week, like I there's a great saying that I like it says entrepreneurs are the only people who will work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40. Um, which is absolutely true. When you're doing something that you that you love and you're passionate about, like it doesn't it doesn't feel like work, but then then when it piles up, so like this these these uh promo things I've been doing the last couple of weeks and and tandeming them and and you know piggybacking them like i'll work all day doing one and then go directly to you know the lcbo and do something for the evening then come home and do graphic designs like it's funny like the whole notion of going to work coming home and then you just have spare time like parents understand it to an extent because you have kids or whatever so it's like you know you go to work and then you come home and you're like looking after the kids and making dinner and shit it's like i i know that you understand the concept of like this it's funny, parents are like entrepreneurs and they just they just don't have that passion to chase a dream. Um, and I don't mean that as a negative. I'm trying to explain the difference. Like to a parent, they're working all the time and that's why they're like, oh, it's the hardest job in the world. It is, it's very difficult and it is nonstop. Um, you're like an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's what it is. You don't have the hardest job in the world. You just have a harder job than just having a job. You know, cause you have a job and then you have that job that also requires you to keep going nonstop. And yes, I know that I have the ability to sleep through the night or whatever at times and, and whatever. Yeah. And you guys get tax breaks. <laughs> so I don't know what I, I guess, but just parents, I would say the parents are the ones who would know the most what it's like to just, it never ends. You're, you're always doing something. I can wake up on a day and go, you know what? Like right now, guys, next week. I only have my program during the day, which is kind of like, wow, I have every night free if I wanted to, you know, go to a show or try to book something, whatever. But the thing is I can wake up in the morning, you know, the night before go, okay, tomorrow. I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna do this, and then I have the evening to do this, that I'm gonna try to do this, I'm gonna try to write that, I'm gonna try to design this. And I wake up in the day, get a phone call from some other thing I'm working on, and now I have to do five things for that and my whole day is gone. Like all, all that spare time, spare, all that time that I get to choose what I'm gonna work on. It's gone. It's out the window. So shit like that can happen all the time. So you go, wow, this whole week is free. And in five seconds, it fills up and you're like shit. But I mean, it's, that's the nature of the beast, man. And I, uh, I've been, I've been rowing these waters for a long time and I'm still not anywhere near like, you should see these fucking comics in the States, man. The, The guys that you see, even the ones you don't think are funny, like there's lots of guys I don't think are funny, but it's like, I can only imagine the level of work that they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I look at, I look at, uh, I listen to Bill Burr's podcast and I listen to the stuff that he does in the, in the span of a week, plus the recordings that they do, like the videos they do for all things, comedy and like the, the, the shows that he's doing and uh, the events that he's, that he's participating in. And then the stuff that he's doing with his family, it's like, it's nonstop and, you know, and, and, it's the same with guys like Kevin Hart. It's like, okay, he's only in like all these different YouTube things. He's doing all these TV guest appearances. He's doing all these movies. Plus he's doing standup shows and he's doing guest spots. And it's like, when do you think this person also has a wife and kids? Like, when do you think this person is just sitting around, you know, uh, watching movies or, you know what I mean? Like, like this person doesn't wake up and go, wow, we got the day to ourselves. What do you guys want to do? Like it's, it's nonstop. It's nonstop work so i i'm envious i'm very envious of the people who have like a good job i'm not saying you didn't earn it or anything i'm just a good job where you get to go to work you work for eight hours when you come home it's you you know what i mean maybe you and your wife whatever but you know have dinner you guys can spend time together or you can just go sit and watch a game decompress whatever it is um it's different you know it's different that's why i say the uh you know but you're not working for yourself you're working for someone else there's you know you're told how much you can make the nice thing about entrepreneurship is the harder you work the more you put into it the more money you can make and uh i think right now i'm in a, a good space where i'm i'm making a reasonable amount i'm busting my ass and i am i am making money right now so maybe that's why i feel good i'm not i'm not super afraid right now of like getting the bills paid or whatever this month but you know these are temporary programs and uh you know One of them's over at the end of next week, the LCBO one is over right now. I've I've got some shows on my calendar, but you know, going into May, I, uh, I don't have a lot, you know, no, uh, no, nothing booked. So, Hey, it could be terrifying again in a few weeks and I'll be right back to my miserable self. (laughs) Um, you know, making huge car payments on a car that won't even fucking connect to Apple CarPlay. Son of a bitch. Um, so yeah, but I, I, the reason I was saying that I don't really watch movies or TV or anything like that is because this particular week, and it could be because I've been making so much money that I, I felt like I could reward myself in the evenings. I've actually been watching. Um, there's a new series that I'm watching. It's not new, but it's new to me. Um, I started it and I'm already in the third season after just a few evenings. It's basically on in the background while I'm doing my stuff uh, and I'm loving it. Um, I'll tell you about it. I'm, I watched, a uh, I watched more like sexual documentaries and stuff. I'm, I'm really honest to God, guys. I'm really digging. I don't know why, but I love these documentaries on the porn industry. Um, I've watched, uh, quite a few in the last few months. I just, I find it fascinating. Um, you know, full transparency. Like it's like, Oh, a guy who's interested in porn stuff. Big shocker. I don't know. I find, uh, I'm a super sexual person. <laughs> I'm, uh, but I, I, I dig like not weird sex stuff. I'm not like an S and M guy or, you know, any of that gross stuff, like puking and shitting on each other. None of that stuff. I just mean that like, I kind of like, uh, I mean, what guy doesn't like the idea of like threesomes and stuff, but like, I don't know. I just like sexual energy is great. I've never, never had an issue, uh, in the bedroom, you know, pleasing partners and stuff because I'm, I don't know. I dig, I dig sex. Who doesn't dig it? You know, but I just mean like, I'm not, uh, I don't know. I fucking, I show up like it's the Super Bowl every time. All right. The fucking game face. Let's do this. Not to disappoint the other party. Right. Um, a uh, uh, comic, Tim, uh, Tim Riel, um, a uh, friend of mine, he's just got a, a bit where he just the line in the bit is great. He's just like, he's like, uh, every time you show up for sex, your goal should be to make the other person come harder than they've ever fucking come before. Right? You're trying to you're trying to beat the other person in sexual gratification. When you show up for you to come, you're a fucking idiot. And I know that there's a listener or two out there that must be like that, where it's just like, well, I'll just, just be fucking the ideas to make yourself come. Like You're a shit partner. I can tell you that right now. You show up trying to make the other person come harder than they've ever come before. Um, like Tim says in his joke, the thing is nobody loses, right? Both people are going to have a great time when both people have that mentality. Um, but I just, I, I fucking, I dig sex. Yeah, I watch uh, porn like every other guy. Uh, the ones that say they don't, it's like that. That's the thing, right? When somebody says, when I was talking before about a guy not admitting his his weaknesses or whatever, that's like everyone knows what they think when someone's like, oh, I don't masturbate. I've never masturbated. I've I never watched porn. I've never even seen it. They're in denial. You know they're lying. You think less of them, right? It's not like they've saved face. They think, oh, oh no, this person, now this person thinks I'm, no, they don't think I'm. a gr-. You know what you think of that person. All right. It's like the same as when you, you know, you don't admit any of their shortcomings. We all know you just look like a pussy in denial who can't admit it. You know, that's what it is. So admit your flaws, people. When someone asks you, fucking own it. Um, <laughs> so back to these sex documentaries, isn't that like the opposite things in the world? You are just like, it's like, it's like a documentary, which is seen as intelligent and informative, but it's, uh, but porn. Woo-hoo! I don't know what I'm allergic to right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a cowboy Yahoo! Um, or Mario on the third jump. You know what I'm saying? Bah, yahoo! Um, <laughs> sorry. I got good energy in the morning guys. I'm feeling good. Feeling good. God damn it. Um, yeah, this one, I, uh, I've watched a, yeah, like I said, a lot of, a lot of sexual documentaries. I don't know. Like I, that would be something I would love to hear. None of you would say it. If you guys write in. If any of you guys have like, like not kinks, but just like sort of like sexual fantasies or whatever, I promise you, if you write in contact at one I promise if you put like in the subject, like my sex thing or whatever, I promise I will leave everyone's anonymous. All right. I just, just want to hear what other people are are like into or whatever, but like I've always uh, yeah. Okay. So listen, I'll tell you this shit I've been watching. All right. I watched, uh, and I think I watched both of these in one evening just while I was doing my paperwork was I watched a movie, a documentary called Porn Demic, and it was, um, it was about how in the nineties, uh, how the AIDS AIDS, uh, like, I don't want to say, well, scare for lack of a better term, uh, like kind of ripped through the porn industry because, um, they started their own kind of like little testing thing and it wasn't super accurate or whatever. And here was the thing is there was someone in the community, uh, who had AIDS or HIV and was, um, seemingly forging their, their paperwork. So they could work. Cause of course, if you showed up HIV positive, well, you're not in the porn industry. You can't fuck people. The, the documentary did a big thing on how, uh, if if like like cuz the thing was like people could be safe right you just wear a condom you're like well, you wear a condom everything's good but here's the thing in porn it's all about fantasy right the illusion like obviously you don't pay for a you know a mechanic with uh, with a blow job you know not worth it you know these these bitches you're like hey this was a fucking $800 job you think that's an, you think that was an $800 blow job i don't think so um and it's it's all fantasy it's all bullshit right I can't pay for this pizza. Well, allow me to fuck you. The pizza was $11. Do you know how much a prostitute would cost? These are, these are poor economic trades is what I'm saying. Uh, they make bad decisions with their, with their finances and their bottom line. But uh, they're saying how the thing with porn is it's like, it's about the fantasy, right? So as soon as you see that condom uh, in porn, you immediately like, like your fantasy mind is turned off and it's, it's been like, Meh. so they're saying like the porn industry was all about not, not fucking with condoms um and at the same time uh in like the 90s or whatever like anal started being like a big thing it was like they were like anal like everything had to be like anal all of a sudden like regular shit was just it was kind of like too boring or vanilla so they're like yeah now they had to like start doing anal and gang like these big like record setting number gangbangs these chicks are like I did 200 guys today I did 300 it was like everyone's trying to top each other's numbers so it was like you start getting all these people in you're like and then all of a sudden this the HIV thing comes out and of course like everybody back then, it was more an ignorant outlook thinking that the HIV virus was something strictly, you know, in the gay community or something for that. People who shared needles were getting like the porn industry was safe. And then all of a sudden these girls started testing positive for HIV and done right. They're done in porn. Um, it was that's uh, funny, too, because now there's laws in uh, in California or whatever where uh you know this and this was I learned this from a previous documentary that I watched, you know, months back is uh in California now they have to shoot with condoms on. They have to wear condoms uh in their videos. It's it's the law. So uh there's there's all these these porn uh companies that will film in Miami because in Florida they don't have that law. So they can still film the 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 condomless porn. Um <laughs> yeah, that might be one of the tags for this week. But yeah so they'll they'll do that and of course i like listen uh i don't know about you guys you're listening so you don't have to admit anything to anyone i'll i'll throw myself on the fucking fire is i know that if i'm checking out a little porn vid or whatever i am i as soon as i see that condom next you know what i mean and so i saw here's the thing too i uh, i don't feel anything with a condom on and i know what i used to think when i'd hear a guy say that i was like oh you fucking loser just wear the condom and get your sex but uh I I don't know what it is. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to be braggart or posture or anything like that. Just every condom I have ever put on has choked my dick so fucking hard that I felt nothing. I could basically uh, like here's here's no word of a lie. Like we're not talking. Oh, I don't feel your vagina. I don't feel anything in my dick. Like I put it on. What I feel is I feel the choke line around like it's like i could feel everything that's not in the condom and then i feel that choke line around where the the condom starts and then i feel nothing past that so it's like you know when i was with uh previous partners i'd, I'd wear a condom but they're like oh, does it feel good i'm like i i know we're fucking it feels good self-esteem wise like yay sex <laughs> we're doing it but i don't feel anything i'm like i can't come because everything's so fucking tight in there that it's not even moving. You know what I mean? It's like a uh, stasis, like my Dick's demolition man or whatever. It's gone. It's gone into cryo freeze and uh, will awaken someday ready to go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't feel anything with them on. So it's almost like it sounds horrible. It sounds, oh, it, it sounds arrogant to me, but it's the truth is like, if it's like, uh, like, like that's the thing, right? I mean, I'm single and I'm at some point going to date again, I would assume, but Not looking forward to that early sex because it's like, okay, let's put on a condom. Yeah, I get it. You don't know me and I don't know you. Put it on and it's like, oh, you like, I know what it's like when you're in a sexual, you know, like, I don't know. A lot of my listeners are married and shit now, so you're having boring. (laughs) No, I'm sure your sex is great, but you know how it is, right? You guys know each other. Some of you have had vasectomies and shit like that. So you can fuck without a condom, blow inside and all that. You've already ruined your life by having children. (laughs) So it's that kind of like, okay, well, You know, hey, listen, all you guys with little dicks out there, plenty of room to move around in a condom, enjoy it. If you can fuck with a condom on and feel it and it's great, more power, honest to God, more power to you. It's it's a defect in me. But, uh, I, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. And when you're in, when you're having sex with someone and if you can't make the other person come, right? Like that whole, you know, make the other person come harder than you've ever made them come before. That makes a difference when you can't feel anything and they can't make you come because then they start to... They either think there's something wrong with you, or they think there's something wrong with them, and people get too heady during sex, then nothing happens. So, yeah. Uh, original point, condomless porn. Uh, I see the condom on because I just put myself, right? That's what porn is. You insert yourself into the role that you'd you uh, you know you'd like to be in, in that particular uh, scenario, situation. And uh, when I see the condom, I'm like, all right, well, if that was me, I would be feeling nothing. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Not a not a not an interesting situation. So, yeah. So the the the, the person was was seemingly forging uh, their test results, which means that they were knowingly going into scenes knowing they had HIV and knowingly giving other people the disease. And this was this was like this was a popular person who was in the scenes, uh, giving it to uh, women and uh, ending ending very strong careers. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very interesting documentary, very interesting documentary about just how, how they, you know, how they treated it when the, the disease started becoming more, more, you know, uh, prominent in the communities, uh, what people thought, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fucked up. It was a great documentary. Then I watched one called naked sanctum. Only sanctum was spelled without any vowels. Um, and this was like, this is a series, uh, about, uh about a guy who owns, well, I only watched one episode, but it's the guy who has like a weird sex sort of sex party. Like, like if you think those eyes wide shut parties where everyone's got masks on and they're all just fucking each other, um, you know, like the Illuminati sex parties. Um, that's basically what this guy has only he's, so he's got like a, a very strict membership policy. So it's, I don't know, like you, you show up, there's like public ones and then there's like VIP events and this guy would—it's—it's it's very, very chic, right? Show up. Everyone's dressed in like you know tuxedos and stuff. The women are dressed uh, like like men and women. They're all dressed like they're going to a beautiful dinner at a five-star restaurant. Only thing is, you get there, and then they have like actors—they call them—which is like men and women who will dress and they're like basically naked with like lingerie on or whatever. And they walk around and some of them are, are fucking each other or whatever. But the whole idea is that they build like a theme for the night and you show up to this thing and you can look or whatever, but it's like, it's very like consensual. It's like, I don't want to say there's like really any kinks or anything like that, but they, they have these women in like, you know, like bunny mask and Fox masks and things like that. So it's kind of like a masquerade ball, but a lot of nudity people are fucking. The whole idea is like, it's to get people's sexual energy up. So people are allowed to fuck their, um, people are allowed to talk. It's kind of like you can touch, but you need consent from the actor. So the actor's not like, oh, I'm, I'm just an actor. I'm just naked. I'm not I'm just a model. No, like they're, they get into it. Like the models will fuck each other. And if they feel comfortable, they'll allow, you know, to the, the, people to fuck and whatever it's just weird and like they so at this point they're talking about the basic thing the guy has like membership things like you, you sign an application you have a meeting if you don't feel like you're right for the the community then uh they don't accept you and it's like they have like a fifteen thousand dollar a year membership to just show up to these like masquerade ball things and then they have uh I think it was like $100,000 a year for like these VIP events. Um, And like they showed like one of the VIP events where it was like, they all showed up to this dinner. The funny thing is like the guy has like an operations manager who like has a history of working like five-star hotels. So this guy's like walking around at these things, like making sure that, you know, if someone breaks a glass, it's cleaned up. He's making sure like there's, you know, there's open, like there's candles and open flames. He's making sure that nothing's in danger. Like he's basically just completely just doing what an operations manager would do. Um, They have, uh, chefs and, and things like that, like five-star chefs that they are doing events. So this one, uh, one of the chefs, I swear to God, I've seen them on like the, the Food Network or something, but they have this event where it's like a dinner at like this, this I guess, cottage or whatever and they're they're doing the dinner, they've got this nice chef. He comes in and introduces what, what they're having for dinner. And then when the dinner's almost over, these two actresses come down and they climb into the middle of the table and they basically start going down on each other and, and licking each other and shit like that. And um and then of course the the guests are sort of just watching this. Um now they have sign the actresses have signs around their necks that are like eat me, lick me, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And these people come as like couples. So it'll be like a husband and wife that'll come and watch us. So they start getting a little frisky with each other. And then like the woman will get up and like, you know, touch one of the actresses again, like you could see that it's all welcoming. It's, it was an interesting documentary. So it's basically this like sex club with like kinks and stuff where they, you know, they're, they're showing what it is. Like I, I think I may have started the second episode because they're showing like how the actors audition for the role and stuff like that. Um, they show like how people, you know, apply for membership to this thing. The guy who started it actually like his, he, his wife and uh daughter, his wife actually at one point made him like decide, like, look, I you spending so much time running this like sex thing? I just, you know, like, what about us? Like, I, I really, I don't feel like there's anything for us. And she like, she gave him an ultimatum and he's like, I choose my fucking sex castle or whatever. Like, that's what I'm, that's my thing. So... Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And of course this guy's like fucking his girlfriend and one of the actresses. Like he's like a, like a, like I said, Illuminati sex party, Hugh Hefner kind of thing, you know? So I don't know. It was interesting. Naked santa was, was what I was watching. I watched, uh, seven deadly sins. So if you guys know Morgan Spurlock, he's the documentarian who did, uh, uh, supersize me. And then he did, um, uh, where in the world is Osama bin Laden? I think he's done a couple other ones. Uh oh yeah the greatest movie ever sold. Um but yeah so he's he did a this was a 2014 series called Seven Deadly Sins and every episode he uh he talks about the, one of the seven deadly sins. I only watched one episode. I watched the episode on gluttony and uh it was uh it was gross. It was actually really cool um but but gross because the first thing that they showcased on the gluttony episode was the heart attack grill in Las Vegas. When I was there, I wanted to go. Um, but, uh, but we just, it just didn't work out uh, for timing. Uh, cause it's on Fremont. It's not on the strip. It's on Fremont or whatever. But the thing about the heart attack grill and I, and I'm telling you right now, make a mental note to visit their website. The heart attack grills website is fucking hilarious. Um, so the idea is it's a place where like, All the stuff for for is bad for you there. Like it's, they they basically call it what it is. It's like anywhere else it's selling again. It's like the, the, the Hooters of fast food where like, they know they're selling you horrible burgers that are bad for you. They know fries aren't good for you. They know all these things are not good for you, but they basically showcase that their whole point is like, yes, this isn't good for you. And if you're going to eat it, be aware of all the things that are going to come from it. Um, like they, they fry their fries in like pure lard or whatever. Um, the burgers, they stack, like the burgers, you can get a burger that's, that's, you know, a foot and a half tall, just patties, meat, bacon, patties, meat, bacon. But the burgers are called, so it's like a single burgers, like a single bypass, a double bypass burger, a triple bypass burger. And they just keep getting bigger from there. And when you, when you go to the heart attack grill, it's done up like a doctor's office. So like the owner is dressed like a doctor and he's frying shit in the back. The uh, waitresses are dressed like nurses. When you show up, they put you in a hospital gown. Like they just cover covered the front with a hospital gown. Um, If you're over 350 pounds, you eat for free, get up on a cattle scale. And they, they weigh you. And if you're, if you're over 350 pounds, you eat absolutely free. And of course they make a spectacle of you. Like they're like, they're like, yeah, like these guys get up there and they, they fucking, you know, they, they, they not fist bump, but what do you call it? Like they pump their arms. They flex. Holy shit. That was hard for me to come up with. They flex. And it's like, he's like, they're up there. Like they're like, they're heroes or whatever. And it's like, you're, we're making a mockery of you. Like you're, you're, you're huge. They've actually had two people have heart attacks at the heart attack grill and, uh, the owner's like, yeah, business is good. Like he was, it's funny. He was making like an in and out fitness kind of thing. And then he got, um, uh, a cease and desist from like, so the owner's not like a piece of shit. Like you think he's like, he doesn't give a fuck, but the owner, uh, was a fitness guy. He was into fitness and, and this and that he started an in and out fitness or something like that. And you got to cease and desist from In-N-Out Burger because they're like, it sounds too much like our thing. And he was like, wow, this fucking burger company, like I'm trying to help people get in shape and this burger company, part of the problem is like, no, nah, this and that. So so he actually got the idea for the Heart Attack Grill. It's like, well, if you're going to fucking eat burgers and shit. So it's, it's you have to watch the documentary because he phrases a lot more eloquently, but it's kind of like, he's like, I'm doing people a service by, if you're going to eat it anyways, be aware of what you're doing to yourself. So when they put you in a hospital gown and a nurse comes over you know, and they're, and they're serving you double, triple bypass burgers. Is like, yeah, like this is what you're doing to yourself. So if we're going to be gluttonous as a country, right. The whole episode was gluttony. Uh, that's the thing. Then the next part of the episode, um, that, like I said, go to the, go to the, uh, what do you call it? The heart attack grill. It's in Las Vegas. Um, go to their website. It's fucking hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, I think I would have, I think this episode was probably filmed like the year after I was in Vegas. I was in Vegas in 2013 and they did that in the, uh, in 2014. So they may have actually been filming it kind of right around the time, right? Because shit gets filmed and it gets released later. Anyways, um, the second part of the episode was a uh, a big fat lady, big old fat lady. I think she was 700 pounds. um, And she's like, I want to be the first super fat, you know, star. And... She was like talking about, of course, like I've seen episodes like on daytime talk shows and stuff where someone's like eating, you know, they eat, uh, uh, what they they'll they'll lay out what this person eats in a day, and they're like, I'll have sixteen eggs, twenty-seven sausages, I'll have ten pieces of toast, a box of donuts, three boxes of cheese nibs, blah blah, and it's just like they just lay out this food that looks like a buffet. It's like that's what they eat in a day. Um. So she's going through all of her stuff, and she's like, "What am I forget? Oh yeah, my round crisps. They's good. I like them. They's they's my favorite." <laughs> and they've got her like doing these slow mo, like stuffing a donut, a full donut in her mouth, like mm, like trying to be sensual with it. It's like Bruh. I'm a big fat fuck. I'm watching this, and I wanted to throw up. And so she's talking about all the shit that she eats and this and that and how she wants to be a star. And then it's like, then it's like to her boyfriend, this tiny little guy, and he's like, "I like the big woman, you know, like I get on her. This is like, it's like laying on a marshmallow, or whatever." And um, she, uh, I'm trying to remember the fucking name. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. How my next shit lined up for it? There. So it's talking about all the stuff that, he, like, he, you know, he feeds her. And she's big. He likes big women and all this stuff. So it's not just like, okay, she's big and I love her. Um, he apparently, so not long and I got I gotta Google this at the same time to get the exact fucking. Uh, I'll probably throw up when I see it. Uh f- yep, there it is. Okay, so I'll give you the definition is, uh oh Jesus Christ. Bro, that's fucking disgusting. Um so yeah, he's like, he's all like she's like, and then one part when we was we we was dating and he was like yo yeah heard feederism I was like what's that so feederism she says it a lot less eloquently than this here um uh, but feederism is it refers to a small sexual subculture where men get off by getting women fat so not just someone gets off by getting someone else fat this guy gets off by, so yeah feederism i guess specifically men um uh, where men get off by getting women fat so Oh God, that's so gross. Okay. Let's see what this says. Urban dictionary. So just to, to cite my sources, the last one was something else. This one's the urban dictionary feederism, an underground sexual fetish, which involves one partner, the feeder feeding the other. Yeah. See, that's what I thought. that could be gendered, not specific to one side or the other both to obtain sexual arousal and to encourage weight gain in the feedee. Feederism can vary in nature from a consensual act between two people who mutually appreciate a larger body type to non-consensual abuse, which may involve force ugh, force feeding and bondage. Jesus Christ. And is that well, like a goose? You just fucking shove a tube down their throat? Oh. And bondage, and is undertaken with the intention of fattening up the feedie to the point of immobility and total dependence. Oh God, the weight gain can also vary from a, from odds. Uh, this is no space, and they've got it fucking. I think from a few pounds to hundreds. Whilst some feeder relationships are not undertaken with the purpose of weight gain at all, but for the enjoyment of food in an intimate context, most feedies are female whilst the feeders tend to be F, F to be F a males. I don't know what that is. F a males. Uh, I'm sure it stands for like something, whatever. Well, of course it stands for something. Josh, it's a fucking acronym. Uh, although this is not the case and gay lesbian, uh, feeder relationships are not entirely unheard of. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. So as soon as she said that, and then they're like, they're, she's talking about all the things he'll feed her. And she's like loving it. She's like, I want to be a star. He's like, I just I'm into it, you know? I'm into just getting a big. He's like, sometimes she'll ask me for like a milkshake or whatever. And he's like, he's like, it shows him like, you know, like it's uh it's not like he's in their kitchen. It's not done like that reality TV show style. Everything's like very black backgrounds, and you'll see, you know, everything's very staged. But like he was saying how like he'd make her like a milkshake or whatever, and he would add weight gain powder to it so it's like she's not even just into, it's just like straight up chemically adding when she's like i want to see as big as i can get I'm beautiful she's like there's like a, a light behind her so it's just silhouette black background light behind her and black silhouette of her just slowly raising her arms and and they're like at a point where it's just like it just looks like something rising out of a swamp as her arms are raising there's so much fat that you know, you think you're going to see where the arm ends. And then these just big bubbles start coming up. It was just so gross. And I'm not, obviously I'm not trying to be judgmental, but it was just like, it was, I think it was just like, this is so unhealthy. And again, me as a fat fuck, I'm just like, ah, that is so like, if she ever obviously, I mean, is it obvious? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe she's just got a, some super level of confidence, but Jesus, I honestly think that guy's gotten in her head. And just like, let's just make you as fat as fucking possible. You know, he was saying how you don't see somebody that big a lot. So for me, it was like finding a needle in a haystack. I got, I found the diamond in the rough. It's like, okay, okay. I, that sounds like the pot. I don't know. I feel I, my gut tells me that this guy's fucking abusive. He's convinced her that she should get fat and she's beautiful for being fat or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And then her heart's going to, she's like in her, her mid twenties or whatever. At some point, she might get help, find what she needs, realize, like, oh, I've had some hole emotionally that I was just filling with food. Now it's time to turn this around. And then the fucking, like I said, you grab the ball and you run the wrong way with it. It's all that much further you got to run when you turn it around. I'm experiencing that now, and I'm not, like, morbidly obese. So, fuck. Yeah, it uh, it was fucked up. And then the last part of the episode was, uh, yeah, it just looked like a swamp thing. When she raised her arms, it just looked like something crawling, you know, like when something arises out of like a fucking puddle in a, in a horror movie or something, that's just what her arms lifting up looked like. It was, it was feel bad for it, man. feel bad. Uh, and then the last part of the episode was, was, uh, these oversized caskets that they, uh, that they make for fat people. So it's like a specialty casket. That's like a fucking piano box. They're nice. They're nice, nicely designed and built, and everything like that. But you watch people getting in them, building them. It's like they're building a small boat. You know what I mean? Like a like a like a rowboat. That's how fucking big these things are. Sorry, it's not like they're building a small boat, a small rowboat. It's like they're building a small, you know, motorboat or a fucking large rowboat. Like a, they're big ass fucking coffins. And uh, they were talking too about how, like, when someone's really really fat, they have to fucking cremate them. On a lower heat, because if it's too high, their fat will fucking burn up and cause a grease fire. Ugh, gluttonous. Anyways, um, I did watch other nice things this week. I watched, uh, <laughs> I watched, um, so the new show I started was, uh, crashing. It's Pete Holmes's show. Um, if you don't know who Pete Holmes is, Pete Holmes is like a, a Sweetie Pie comic. He's actually like a very nice guy. Um, I don't know what, this, what, what they have in Canada that Pete Holmes may have been featured on. Um, here's the thing. If you've ever watched the college humor, uh, they call it Batman. He's Batman, but he's the Batman, um, where they're doing like, uh, you know, Batman's making sexual references or playing with his voice, trying to figure it out. They're very funny videos. You can just Google Batman college humor. You'll find the videos. They are three, four minutes long, but and they are absolutely hysterical. Uh, Pete Holmes is the guy playing Batman. Um, which is funny because his stand-up and stuff like that is never the way his bad man character is. Um, but, uh, very, very funny. Um, he's sort of like a, like a, like a dad humor kind of guy, but he's, he's cute and he's silly. Um, he's very nice. comic. Let's put it this way. Like every time I think like, Hey man, can you be a happy person and, and be funny and do stand up? Like most comics are miserable, whatever. Like the example that people counter with almost all the time is Pete Holmes. Um, I just watched his special as well. Did not enjoy it. Um, cause again, his humors, his humors, like you really have to be like, oh, it's sweet and cute. You know what I mean? Like, it's not Brian Regan is goofy and silly, but a Brian Regan is, I've been told a miserable guy off stage, and B it's very like out there and still like, what's the fucking deal? Like, it's still cynical. It's just cynical in a goofy animated kind of way. But Pete Holmes is like, like, I'm trying to think of some of the fucking jokes that he does. I don't know. It's, it's just very, uh, it's very tame, timid. You know, it's not like Seinfeld where it's like tame, timid, and, and, but it's observational. It's just, yeah, it's, I don't know, but the show is called crashing. It's an HBO show. Um, and it's sort of semi-autobiographical because he's like, it shows like a, what it's like as a comic starting out comedy, doing open mics and, and the build that you get from it in certain scenarios and stuff like that. And it has tons and tons of hugely established comics in the show because Pete Holmes is very, very established. Um, obviously he's got his own HBO show, but he's, he features a lot of, of great comics in it and things like that. There's an episode where he's with Bill Burr, an episode where he's already Lang is in it. Uh, Elon gold, Rachel Feinstein, um, tons of guest spots. I'm trying to think, um, who else was in it? Oh, uh, John, John, uh, Mulaney. Uh, lots, honestly, lots of great ones. Uh, Hannibal Burris. Again, I guess you kind of have to be a comedy fan to know who these people are, but they're very, very big, very, very established. Um, Jeff Ross is in it, right? Ross battles, Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, lots of great comics. All right, fuckers. Um, but it's a good show. I'm like in the third season already, um, which is all that they're at right now. So I, I will be out of the show soon. All right. But having said that, um, still being a good bitch with my internet teeth. All right. Brushing and flossing three times a day. Uh, only eating the meals when I take them out, you know what I mean? Like not, not doing any snacking or, or any th- extra stuff. Like right now my breakfast is a super cold coffee and uh, I get a little, uh, naked smoothie. They call it here, man. everything's sex related this week. Nah, no, naked smoothie. Uh, the, the hundred percent fruits and vegetable smoothie, man. It's the green one, the green machine, baby. Um, so that'll be my breakfast today. Uh, obviously I've had my teeth up for like over an hour now cause we're at an hour and 20 minute mark in the podcast. And, uh, yeah, they haven't been this entire time because when I talk with them in their throat of a bit of a list, but you get cause you got basically condoms on your teeth. Um, right. Everyone knows that condoms are not sexy. All right, let's move forward guys. That's uh, that was me talking about my week. All right. Uh, hope it was interesting. Uh, we move on to the usual, my partners from PortablePress.com. <laughs> uncle john's bathroom reader all right and uh since i've been watching you know some tv shit this week why not do uncle john's bathroom reader tunes into tv huh it's uh i think it's a great one and i've been talking about these uh these adult taboo sex shows and things like that and you know i thought maybe i'd, I'd try to purge my spirit maybe talk about some nice wholesome children's television right you know something tab not something taboo i found an article called controversial kid shows And I thought you guys might like this one. So sometimes kids shows aren't for kids. Rude Dog and the Dweebs. Uh, Surf-inspired sportswear was a fad in the 1980s, and one of the biggest brands was Sun Sportswear. Sun's clothes featured an angular white dog named Rude Dog, with rude being Jamaican and ska music slang for juvenile delinquent. Uh, Rude Dog's clothes were such a hit that the company spun off the mascot into a Saturday morning cartoon show for CBS in 1989 called Rude Dog and the Dweebs. Talking with a sarcastic Brooklyn accent, Rude Dog drove a pink Cadillac through Beverly Hills, trying to avoid a dog catcher and getting into trouble with other dogs. Parent groups objected to the show, claiming that it encouraged antisocial behavior and that Rude Dog looked like Spuds McKenzie, Budweiser's pitbull mascot. CBS got so many complaints, including ones that accused Rude Dog of encouraging children to drink, that it canceled the show after one season. Garbage pale Kids. I know some of you guys might re- remember these... Fuckers. garbage-pail kids cards—a uh, spoof of Cavid, *Cabbage Patch Kid* dolls—were uh, the collectible item for grade schoolers in the 1980s. The cards featured pictures of grotesque, mutant, and disgustingly children. Sorry, and disgusting children smeared with boogers, bugs, and gore, who had names like Peeled Paul, a skinless boy, and. Brady back ribs, a baby eating his own flesh. Yeah, I remember those cards. My cousin had them. They were fucking disgusting. I never found any interest in them at all. The cards were banned in hundreds of schools and parents hated them, but they were so popular with kids that CBS planned an animated series in 1987 featuring the freakish kids as characters. The network heavily hyped the show, In the weeks leading up to its premiere, prompting protests from organizations like the American Family Association and Action for Children's Television. CBS got spooked and canceled the show before it ever aired. The 13 produced episodes were eventually released on DVD in 2006. And I'm going to pause the read here for a second because um, they actually had a movie that I saw. My only... You know, foray ever into any of that Garbage Pale Kids shit. I remember I rented the movie one time. It was so fucking disgusting. So fucking disgusting. Uh, Garbage Pale Kids movie. So 1987. So they did a, a live action movie of it before that cartoon was supposed to come out. Wouldn't it actually, you know, let's double check the math. So 1987, Garbage Pale Kids. It was a live action movie with disgusting fuck. Oh, it was so fucking gross. Um, Yeah, the CBS planned an animated series in 1987, right? So they planned it, but they did the fucking live action movie that same year. So there you go. They never released it, but then maybe they just sold the rights or something like that if they had them to begin with. Yeah, it was so fucking gross. Guys, go to the IMDb page and just look at the the Garbage Pail Kids movie, you know, pictures of the live action things. These things were fucking disgusting. Fucking disgusting. Like even the females looked like males. They were so fucking gross. Why any kid would befriend these ugly fucking things. And the the heads were so big on them that it was like, how are these supposed to be fucking kids? You know what I mean? Like the Ninja Turtles movie where they had these big fucking masks on. So the heads were kind of big. These are like the biggest fucking, it's honestly looks like they use the same mold for every, every kid. And then they just put shit on. Like one of them has zits all over its fucking face. I'm going to throw up just looking at these pictures. All right. Yeah, there you go. How about that? Yeah, uh, you guys got to check this out. It's going to make you puke. Um. All right. So that was uh, <laughs> that was the garbage kill. Yeah, I, I think I, the second I saw the name written on the page yesterday when I picked the article, I was just like, oh, I'm going to throw up. But I committed to this article. Mighty Mouse, The New Adventures. In 1987, CBS met with animator Ralph Bashky, Bakshi. Uh, Ralph Bakshi to hear his pitch pitches for Saturday morning cartoons and hired him to produce a new series of mighty mouse cartoons, despite the fact that Bakshi was best known for his X rated 1972 film, Fritz, the cat. When mighty mouse, the new adventures debuted that fall, it wasn't quite as kid friendly as CBS had hoped. One episode showed male characters showering together, for example. And in another, uh, Yes, right. And another, The Littlest Tramp, Mighty Mouse finds the remains of a crushed flower and inhales it in order to trigger memories of the friend who gave it to him. CBS censored, uh, sorry, CBS censors ordered the scene cut out, uh, claiming that it was a drug reference, but the show staff protested and were allowed to restore it. It aired without complaint in October, 1987, eight months later, Donald Wildman, Donald Wildman sounds like a loser of the American Family Association, there you go, saw the episode and publicly accused CBS of hiring a pornographer to do a cartoon for children and then allowed him to show the hero sniffing cocaine. Uh, Bakshi denied it, saying he'd be crazy to do such a thing and compared the accusations to uh, McCarthyism. Hey, let's fucking Google that now. Right, we're in a goddamn Googling mode. McCarthyism. So all of you who know what McCarthyism, um, good for you. I fucking don't. So let's see what is McCarthyism. McCarthy is there it is. All right. What is McCarthyism? McCarthyism is the practice of making accusations of subversion or treason. Wow. Treason, uh, without proper regard for evidence. The term refers to us Senator Joseph McCarthy, uh, and has its origins in the period in the United States, known as the second red scare lasting from the late 1940s. Well, when they were naming names or whatever, that's the thing. So the guy's. So he's basically saying that they tried to like, run him out of town like Charlie Chaplin. See, I know some shit. I just didn't know what the fuck McCarthyism was. Um, yeah, so whatever. Uh, compared the accusations to McCarthyism. In the end, CBS cut the scene from reruns. It canceled the show outright four months later. Well, there you go. And finally, Lunch with Soupy Sales. This show ran locally in Detroit beginning in 1953 and then went national in 1959. The format was loose, with sales clowning around and often getting hit in the face with a pie, his trademark, along with comedy sketches, guest appearances, and lively music. It was largely ad-libbed, which became a problem on the New Year's Day 1965 episode. Annoyed that he had to go to work on a holiday, Sales told the kids watching at home to go to their parents' bedrooms and remove the funny green pieces of paper with pictures of U.S. presidents from their wallets, put them in an envelope, and send them to Old Soupy. Many children actually did. Sales received hundreds of envelopes in the mail. The show's production company, Screen Gems, was livid and suspended sales for two weeks. Sales continued to host the show for more than a decade, but he kept the money. Hey, and uh, the running feet at the bottom of these two pages: Wilma Flintstone wore shoes just once—must have been a special occasion—and uh, the other one is Dustin Hoffman's and Michael Jackson's guest roles on The Simpsons were uncredited. Ooh. Ooh, that was it guys. Uncle John's bathroom reader tunes into TV. <laughs> Controversial kids shows. Oh my God. Guys, uh, portablepress.com has all sorts of bathroom readers. All right. All sorts of them. They got books and based entirely on television, science, space, love, maybe nature, huh? History. <gasps> what did you sorry Sorry. I got handcuffs on this one. You name it. They got it, buddy. All right. And they're, uh, they're all about doing that shit. So just check out th- there. Oh, fuck off hiccups. Just check that shit out. I need to read too. Um, oh, mein spine. Sorry. I can stretch out every now and again. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely suggest checking out their lineup, man. They got some great books or you can just go with the tried and true every year they put out their annual. And that's got just tons of random shit. I would say if you've never read one, start with those. But if you uh, if you're familiar with the old bathroom readers, don't bring them into the bathroom like a fucking animal. Go in there, do your business, and get the fuck out. And then sit in a chair, put your feet up, and read a few articles. All right, PortablePress.com. dot uh, Also, my partners at Absolute Comedy. Whilst uh, I took that mild break earlier, I booked a couple uh, couple you know uh, spots to go in and work on some new shit. I actually hosted an open mic Mondays last night and I, I got to play around with like three or four new bits that I uh, was working on, had a blast. The jokes went over well, it was a small crowd, but fuck, I feel good. I feel good about talking about new shit, you know? So I'm very, very proud to be doing comedy again, motherfuckers. Um, just cool, you know? I'm, I'm doing good this week. I'm doing really, really good. I'm feeling good. So uh, you guys should go to see a comedy show. You know, have some fun, have some laughs. Absolute Comedy has three locations, Ottawa, Toronto, and Kingston. Check out absolutecomedy.ca. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, conan the comedy network and much much more go to AbsoluteComedy.ca to see this week's lineup planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration fundraiser company outing or corporate event want the show brought to you they'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget so for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Yeah, and we're back. Uh, I'll share with you guys a sh- uh, <laughs> Because we've been talking about pornography and stuff, and I've just, while uh, that ad was playing, I was writing down this note so I don't forget it. My fucking desk is just... Uh, I got the two swinging doors where I Had's my whiskey, my whiskey cabinet. Um, that I just, every time I get an idea for a joke, I just fucking write it down on a piece of paper and slap it up there. Um, I was thinking earlier today, like how, uh, when I did the joke about my, uh, my internet teeth last night at the club, I was just thinking how, like, I was like, oh, it's like, uh, you know, it's like condoms for my teeth. You know what I mean? I slap them on there and just wearing that shit in my mouth. And I was like, it's very funny. Like condoms, I mean, obviously, condom making you think of penises and i was like oh, i wonder if they had imagine they had like liners for your dick like you know I've, I've watched my my fair share of porn uh and all the shares of those guys who never watch it or jerk off i've watched their shares for uh for myself too um i was like how funny would that be to you know have like a, a, a liners for your dick like how many you know how many crooked dicks i've <laughs> <laughs> seen that there right you're just like you know why you know but if uh it's gonna fuck with their confidence right like having crooked teeth so what if you just slapping a liner on there and you wear it all the time when you're not <laughs> when you're not using it right you take it off the fuck put it back on i don't know Gives give some guys back their confidence and they got a crooked cock um i'm so sorry dk going into to your read with that thing being on the air listen i promised you guys a double dose of dk this week did i promise i might i you know what i probably did say it with with a lot of conviction um that was before I had two job interviews to prepare for and, uh, and a shitload of other stuff. Um, I apologize sincerely from the bottom of my heart, because again, these books are going to come and, and here's the thing. They, they do not deserve to be rushed. Um, and I'm, so I'm not going to rush them. Um, but I did have an opportunity to, to play around. Luckily, this is the kind of book that you can just play around with. Um, this week I'm going to be reviewing. Uh, my partners at DK have sent me yet another shipment as always. I am crazy grateful to them for everything that they that they send um and uh sorry i'm just making some room because this is a big ass one there's a big old bitch that i got here right now um this week so how am i going to open this thing up i'm gonna have to move the mic i'm gonna have to move the goddamn microphone here there we go nice close to my face but at least i can open this book now guys this week my partners from uh dk dorling kindersley of course dk.com slash ca in canada or just dk.com in the States uh, or just Google DK books, wherever you are. Cause these guys are my international motherfuckers. Marvel Encyclopedia, the new edition guys. This is a big old book. Are you a fan of Marvel? I is. I'm quite the fan of Marvel. I love their stuff. Um, I got to say that I, <laughs> this is the, probably the nerdiest thing I've done for the Marvel movies so far is um, I cannot wait to see Endgame. Um, Avengers Endgame is coming out this month, April, April 25th there, which means it is 23 days away from the movie. Uh, Marvel is not French. I don't know why I'm doing this accent, but I'm excited for the movie. Um, they, uh, I I was Googling, Hey, when are these tickets going on sale? Because I bought my captain Marvel tickets like several weeks out because you know, I, it, it started like this. All right, Black Panther was last year, February. Um, and when Black Panther came out, uh, I think we were just, we just happened to be in the, the theater and was like, oh, fuck, Black Panther's coming out next week. I'm like, should we get our tickets? And uh, I was with my mom. She's like, yeah. So we just ordered our tickets. Well, we were at the theater seeing something else, I think. And I was like, uh, yeah, let's just get our tickets. So I go online, I buy the tickets. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I saw that the theater was already like kind of like half booked. I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Like it's a week out and there's that many tickets sold already. I thought like people are buying their tickets online like the night before or the day of kind of thing. And so I was like, okay. So when the Captain Marvel, I remember being on the Cineplex website to get movie tickets for something else. I saw her thing. and I'm like, okay, hey, why don't we get our Captain Marvel tickets? They're here, right? The Black Panther thing happened. We don't want to wait too late. Cause I remember when we actually got to see black Panther got to the theater, they were like, oh, these tickets have been, uh, they're like, they're like, it's a good thing. You guys bought your tickets in advance. They've been sold out for like two days. So I was like, oh shit. So I saw captain Marvel, I'm like, ah, you don't want to, you don't want to get that issue. Boom. Same thing later in the, the year for the first infinity war movie, but we were in Kingston. So I think I bought those tickets in advance because I was like, well, there's only like two theaters in Kingston, you know? So I don't want to. I don't want to fucking not be able to see the goddamn movie because Kingston's, you know, whatever. So, I googled, "Hey, when are the uh, Avengers uh Endgame tickets going on sale?" And so they went on sale uh at midnight. So, today is Tuesday, April 2nd. They went on sale at midnight. Um and so I bought my tickets. Bought my tickets for Avengers Endgame. Um, I'm going to go see it the night it comes out. Very excited, very nerdy. Um and I suggest if you're like me and you're super excited to see it and you don't want spoilers, it's very hard to avoid them these days, especially in a movie this big, um, you go see it before anyone else does. <laughs> you get in there first, you get in, you get out and you enjoy your fucking life, do you? Um, yeah, I, uh I'm excited to go see that shit. But here's the thing, as much as I love these Marvel movies and I nerd the fuck out with them, i uh I still I still don't know everything. I don't know anywhere close to everything about these, these characters. You know what? I don't. And, um, why don't I use this as an option? So here's the thing. This encyclopedia is huge. It gives you broad strokes on some characters who are very, very minimal in the Marvel universe. And then it gives you some really good details on others. So just for fun, since she's the, the one that, uh, you know, I never, never heard of um, before, and of course she existed as a male first and, uh, you know, and then, uh, and then she took his job, Captain Marvel came around. There was a it was a guy and he took his job. Um, I'm going to see what we have in terms of Captain Marvel. So I'm flipping through the page. I've gone through this. I'm flipping through the pages right now. So in case you guys don't know, Sharon Carter is in the Marvel cinematic universe. She plays like the, I guess the granddaughter or the grandniece or just the niece of Peggy Carter, the one that Captain America had a thing for back in the 30s there. Um. But yeah, they've got information on Sharon Carter. They've got Peggy Carter right here. Um, Carnage is in here, which he doesn't really have that big of a section. Why don't we fucking read Carnage? Do you guys know anything about Carnage? He's uh, his name's Cletus Cassidy. That's the name of the guy. I do knew that. Do knew that. Do know that? Cletus Cassidy is a real name. He's basically like a Venom. He's basically like Venom's symbiote had like a like an offspring. You know, it didn't it didn't fuck another suit and then you know it didn't go into Versace and fuck a dress or whatever. <laughs> Make another one. Uh it uh it just ended offspring. But the thing was this time, um the uh the, the symbiote found an absolute psychopath to be the host. So if you thought venom was bad, Carnage is like well, his name kind of describes it. So little little fact file here, real name Cletus Cassidy, occupation, spreader of chaos, base is New York City. And then it has like height and height and shit like that. And eyes. Well, you don't need any of that stuff. First appearance was the amazing Spider-Man number 344, February, 1991. His power, superhuman strength can generate swing lines and bladed weapons able to neutralize spider mans spider sense, which was another big reason that Venom, was so able to uh, be such an enemy to Spider-Man because the symbiote had been on Spider-Man first, knew his DNA, and it knew how to not set off his spider sense. That's not in the book. That's just uh, nerd info I have. So, Carnage. Murderer Cletus Cassidy shared a cell with Eddie Brock, Venom's original host. When the Venom symbiote arrived to attempt a jailbreak, it left behind its spawn, which bonded with Cassidy creating a new symbiote known as Carnage. Carnage is far more powerful, violent, and deadly than its parent. Spider-Man enlists the Human Torch and even Venom to defeat it. Besides Cassidy, the symbiote has bonded with Ben Reilly, which is the Scarlet Spider. That's the Spider-Man clone. Uh, the Silver Surfer. Really? Interesting. And John Jameson. Oh, John Jameson is the, the son of J. Jonah Jameson. Um, it even spawned its own offspring, which bonded with police officer Patrick Mulligan to become Toxin. The Sentry ripped the Carnage symbiote apart. Well, Sentry is another Marvel character. Uh, rip, rip, ripped the Carnage symbiote apart, but it recovered and reunited with Cassidy before spawning yet more offspring, which became a hero called Scorn. That's the thing with comic because They just keep branching off and branching off. Later, the second Scarlet Spider lobotomized Cassidy... The, uh, the host, the wizard removed the symbiote from Cassidy to use for his own ends, but was defeated by Spider-Man after which the symbiote rebonded with its original host. When shield agents again, removed it from Cassidy, Norman Osborn used it to become the horrific red goblin. Osborn was seemingly cleared of the symbiote by Spider-Man. However, Osborn's grandson, Normie was also infected becoming goblin child. All right. So there you go. Bunch of bunch of, just a little bit of stuff. It's an encyclopedia, but on something like that, there we go. There we go. This is a two fucking pager here. So, yeah, you've got uh, you've got some nods here. So here's Captain Marvel. They got Captain Marvel M A R hyphen V E L L, which if you saw the Captain Marvel movie, you'll know is a character in that movie. And then you have Captain Marvel, formerly known formerly Miss Marvel of the Avengers. So yeah, Captain Marvel or Marvel, protector of the universe. Uh, it was a dude. All right, and uh, he died of cancer, I think. There. Captain Marvel was a member of the Cree, an alien humanoid race who built an empire known as the Greater uh, Megalanic Cloud. Marvel was a white Cree, having the same skin color as Caucasian Earth humans and similar physiology to theirs. Most members of the Cree race have blue skin. Uh, as captain of a Cree space fleet, Marvel distinguished himself in battles against the shape changing Skrulls, the Cree's age old foes. Uh, which of course is all in the movie and stuff. So they've got like this is a lot. I'm not gonna just sit here and read this thing to you guys. Um, but that was Captain Marvel, the guy, and then there's of course Captain Marvel. The first Captain Marvel was the Kree Warrior Captain Marvel. Several others followed in his wake, including Monica Rambeau, also known as Pulsar, Photon and Spectrum, and Marvel's own son, Genius Vale. Uh, but it is this the former Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, who has made the role her own. So that's that's the one that who's in the movie. But yeah, they show all this, uh, that as always, the imagery is absolutely incredible, but any character that, you know, you could possibly be interested in is, uh, is here in this book. It's funny. Cause they got one here called the leader who looks like the guy from uh green Gol or what do you call called green lantern, which is DC. There's so many guys. There's so many pages in here. Like if you wanted to know stuff about Marvel, this is a, a great way to sort of learn stuff. Magneto here has, has a two pager uh man ape by the way who i'm just flipping through the pages here and i see man ape uh that's umbaku all right from uh what do you call it black panther so when you see umbaku that's man ape he's fucking huge or whatever and that's who they never called him that in the the movie but he was from the ape uh, ape clan or whatever but that's uh, that's his shit He's in this while well, t'challa the black panther and king of the african nation of wakanda Wakanda Forever was always helping the Avengers. Sorry, was away helping the Avengers in the U.S. Mbaku schemed to seize his throne, reviving the outlawed White Gorilla cult. Mbaku killed a rare White Gorilla, then bathed in its blood and ate its flesh, which gave him the power of the ape, calling himself Ape, He battled Black Panther and the Avengers teammates, both in Wakanda and in the U.S. Defeated, he teamed with the Grim Reaper, despite the Reaper's racism. Ah. The grim Reaper's is a racist uh, to form a new lethal Legion. Yeah, there's more, but that's kind of cool. Like you can just find out what the origins of things are in the book and how many, it actually lets you know how many fucking nods to characters that the, the, the Marvel cinematic universe has been doing without you even really noticing, you know, you might just go, Oh, that's an interesting character. They wrote out. It's like, no, he's from the comics. They actually used real ones. You know, there's, there's a lot of names here. Oh, Millie, the models in here. That's fucking awesome. Okay. Listen. Guys, I don't have to fucking go on and on and on and on, even though I have. All right. Marvel, the Marvel Encyclopedia. This is the new edition. Okay. And, and what's really, really cool about this one is that the foreword of this edition or sorry, the introduction, I should say was written by, uh, by Stan, Stan Lee, the manly. All right. So Stan Lee is in here. He wrote the, uh, the, the introduction, which is probably one of the last things he's done for Marvel prior to his, uh, his passing. So, um, super cool. If you're a Marvel fan at all, like I is for shizzle, um, Marvel encyclopedia, new edition, check it out. Super wicked book. Going to tell you anything that you want to know, about. it. And it makes a great gift. It makes a great fucking gift. So dk.com in the States Add a slash CA at the end of that for my, uh, my Canadian listeners and, uh, or just Google DK books, wherever you may be guys coming up this week. I uh, know there's no touch and go this week. All right. We're already almost two hours in. And frankly, I'm racking my brains trying to think of who would be interested in talking to me this early in the morning. Um, and, and what the fuck we talk about, Nick Perot ruined it for everybody. (laughs) Just going on and on about, I, I don't even remember what he was talking about. To be honest, I think it was like the racism in the comic world or whatever. Um, yeah. So coming up this week, guys, I've got my activation during the day. I've got some interviews, um, interview one interview tomorrow, which is, I guess, the day that this comes out. And then I've got another interview, uh, next week. In the meantime, I'm going to be trying to study 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 study. I don't want to ruin this It's a great opportunity. I can't wait. I really like fingers crossed knock on wood Please send all your positive vibes and your anti-jinx Uh mojos my way. I uh, I I really I really need them guys this. Um This happens for me. It does change my life so I um Yeah, yeah, I need this to happen. Okay so that's what I'm doing this week, guys. Please send me your emails contact at one man podcast.com. It's episode 99. Next week's is uh, the 100th episode. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, I I really, I, I'm even going to ask these these hirers to say, listen, if there's any chance, I know you take as much time as you need, you do what you got to do, but if there's any chance you can give me the answer um, before April 9th, I would love on my 100th episode to announce this huge thing. It would make a just, it's just kind of cool. Um, so we'll see, maybe I can announce it next week, but, uh, you know, I've got some other things I, I don't have, I got some other things planned. All right. It's a busy week. I wish I had nothing but time to just prep for the hundredth episode and get some really fun things in for you guys. But, uh, yeah, having said that, listen, um, send me your emails. I got one from my pal red. Thank you, Vanessa, for sending me the email. I do appreciate it. Um, here's what she writes. Hey, Josh, were you drunk when you saw captain Marvel? I might've been. I can't remember. I think I brought booze. Uh, no character arc. I saw Captain Marvel last weekend and I thought it was easily top three for Marvel movies. It was genuine. It had a good story and plot action, but not too much great music. Must I go on? As far as character arc, they talk about how she struggled as a kid, people putting her down, telling her that she's just a girl and can't do this and can't do that. Same when she was in the military. I thought it was so relevant to how women feel in male dominated flip the page fields like that and how they struggle against closed minded people. Of course, um, if not outright saying you can't do it, but just sort of implying and or just feeling an imposter syndrome, like maybe you really aren't smart, good enough. Um, I mean, a big part of the whole movie is that she lost the memory of her past and, and overcomes the people who are holding her back to become the person she's meant to be. Uh, oh, and the Nick Fury backstory is great too. Um, anyways, that's my take without giving away anything of the story. Um, you are right that captain Marvel is the Marvel's, uh, Marvel universe's most overpowered character, similar to Superman, I guess, but not even sure. Captain Marvel has a kryptonite. Um, anyways, I thought it was a great movie and you should all go see it. I definitely think you should all go see it for sure. If for no other reason, then you kind of need to, in order to understand elements from the final Avengers movie. And it's not the final Avengers movie. It's just the final one that's going to have all the, the big characters and stuff in it. There's, um, so here, like, let me get to, let me get to your point. So I really, here's why I think there wasn't much of an arc. Like I, I wasn't lost on me that it was like, oh, people were telling her she can't do it. Here's the thing in the scenes and they're right in the trailer. So I'm not ruining anything in the scenes where she's like, you know, young and doing things that like, you know, it's not like she was asking permission to do things and people were telling her, Hey, no, you're, you're a girl. You can't do that. She was just doing whatever she wanted to do. Right? Like the the go-kart track and things like that. Like people were telling her, hey, slow down over. And she just did it anyways. So I don't feel like she had to come out from under and under anything. Because like, let's put it this way. In the movie, nobody at any point was like, Oh my God, you really can do this. Right up to the to the you know, let's put it this way. The people who were holding her back never were like, Look, you can do this. You know what I mean? They were constantly like, don't. Like you said, they were holding her back. So but my thing was she never seemed like she was being held back. You know what I mean? Like she fell down and she had to rise. I I won't take that from her, but she was doing that at a very early age. It wasn't like, it wasn't like those flashback scenes were like her down and she stayed down, but this time she wasn't going to stay down. That would be an arc. She got up every time. So before she even lost her memory, she was the kind of person who would get up every time. So the reason I don't feel like there was much of an arc is because like you watch her and she wasn't like, she wasn't humble learning from the Cree like, oh, should I do this or should I do that? Like, I'm just trying to learn and I don't want to, like, it's not like she forgot that she used to be this strong person either. She was snarky. She had attitude. She had sass. She would crack jokes in serious times. Like she was never this person who felt crushed ever. So to me, the reason I say there was no arc is because I didn't see somebody who is like You know, it wasn't like somebody who was weak who never got back up, who learned to rise. It was never somebody, you're right, she was being held back, but it wasn't by her own emotions or her own character. So her character arc wasn't holding her back. Like someone gets thrown in prison, you're not like, well, they were being held back. It's like, no, they were just trapped. Their perseverance was always there, but they were never trapped. Like there's no arc. They weren't weak and then learned to be strong. You know what I mean? So my, my position on that comes from the fact that yeah, she lost her memory, she didn't know she was human, but in terms of that whole like do you, when people tell you don't you keep going, all that she she did that from her childhood, she did that as a cree with no memory. So she never ro- rose past like she definitely took off shackles that they put on her but that wasn't because she was letting them like do that she didn't know she was all she was constantly pushing the envelope which is great i don't think that's a bad thing i'm not shitting on her for it i'm just saying that in terms of her character growth never saw that she always seemed to have that confidence right it's like how do i know you're not a scroll boom blows up the jukebox uh, does that prove what does that prove it's like well, that was a photon blast and Skrulls can't do that. And I'm just supposed to believe you. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, she always had that cockiness, that arrogance, um, which is great. Be confident. But I just, I didn't see her come out from under anything. And you're absolutely right that there's lots of women who struggle against that. No, no question. It's just that she, as much as people are like, oh, you can't do it. She never, never seemed to let that get to her. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't see her not show up for training or, or bail on a test or something like she always had balls. So I'm not surprised when the power matched, like obviously the, the, the power found the right person, but I'm just saying in terms of her, her overcoming, what did she overcome? She, she, you know, again, without spoiling, she fucking just had the handcuffs taken off. That was it. She didn't, you know, she just learned what it was, but it wasn't like that, you know, I don't know. I I really, I, I don't think that there was much of an arc. I think that it was just like, she's always been this person and now she's got the power to match her personality, but not that she came out from under anything. You know what I mean? She, she had, she was strong and she had balls right from the get go. And listen, there's, there's women on this planet right now that i mean if you can believe this uh no but there's women on the planet right now who have this courage and this moxie and they're very successful because and that's not because nobody ever held them down it's because they never let it get to them and she's like that but i'm just saying you never saw i really think the story would have had a better narrative if when she was young she 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 didn't listen she pushed the envelope but then when she failed it would be like oh they what they were right when they told me i couldn't do it do you know what i mean But she didn't, she kept getting up right from the beginning. So to me, that's not someone overcoming that doubt. That was someone who never had the doubt because they did it anyways. And they always got up, which shows great strength of character, but it doesn't show a character arc. Josh wins hammer down roast battle over now, (laughs) unless you can, unless you can come at me from another position that I'm not seeing. Like I do, I do get it. Yes. People were telling her she couldn't do it, but that never seemed to stop her. You know what I mean? And then people tried to hold her back. Yes. But again, she was still cocky, arrogant. In fact, I found her more confident and arrogant as a Kree than as a, as a human before. And then for them to take the gloves off. I mean, again, I, I, you know, I don't know. I really, I didn't see it there. Fun movie, still fun, but top three, not a chance. Iron Man, Captain America, Winter Soldier, uh, first Avengers movie by and large fucking, uh, Thor Ragnarok was amazing. Uh, first guardians movie. There's way better movies than Captain Marvel. I'm so, I'm sorry to say. Sorry to say. Um, and even for soundtrack purposes. But I do appreciate your email. That's not the end of it, by the way. I want to get to the next thing you were saying. Uh, so uh, what is it? Do, 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 do. So rant over. Hope you were doing well. Otherwise, sorry, I haven't emailed in a while. No apology necessary, but I have been so behind on the podcast. My commute to work is much shorter these days because we switched daycare locations for my son. So I'm not driving out of the way anymore. Hey, no worries. You listen when you get a chance. I appreciate the emails regardless. Other listeners email me. I want to know what's going on. I don't give a fuck. What we talk about talk about your, your, your porn, whatever. <laughs> you know what? I, I tell you guys this every episode I go, you know, I give you I try to plant seeds, give you ideas. You know what if you want to email I would love it okay it just it makes a big difference to me we've got the 100th episode coming up next week I would love to have some emails for that episode you know I don't care if you're talking about you know what you've enjoyed over the podcast 100 episodes whatever um but I will tell you this there's some weeks guys where um I'm not putting this on yet it might seem like a little bitch move whatever I'm just telling you the truth um there's some weeks where I just ask myself should I keep doing this podcast it it takes energy and it takes time And, you know, I just, I wanted it to be, uh, I'd love for it to be a little more interactive than it is, you know what I mean? Hence the touch and goes, but even those seem forced at times or whatever. So, um, it just helps, you know, give me that extra little, uh, push to know that you guys are out there that you, you know, you're listening and that you've got thoughts and shit on what I'm saying. So contact at one man podcast.com. Um, would mean a lot to me. We're 99 episodes in now. I appreciate each and every one of you. Some of you guys have been here right from the beginning. Thank you. We're getting close to two years, two years and still haven't missed a date. Despite what's going on. I have not missed a date yet. So, um, I appreciate that guys. Thank you to the sponsors, portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca. And of course, dk.com in the U S slash CA in Canada. Um, We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube on one man podcast. So feel free to jump on there. Um, I'm trying to, uh, I'm in talks with, with getting a professional social media person to post the shit, um, you know, post more things that are on there. I want to get more interactive with it too. Um, I'm really not good with social media. I'm very sorry. Um, But uh, I, 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 I gotta work on it. I gotta, I gotta balance some shit out. You know, and, uh, and hopefully if I can get myself into a nice, uh, one of these jobs where it's just every day at a certain time frame, maybe I can start, you know, practicing the social media stuff and share a little bit more with you guys. I got, I got, I'm backed up on pictures that I want to share. Chris's space coffee, I still haven't posted yet, so I want to make sure that I get that, uh, that picture posted. So you can see his little, his little get up and shit like that. I'll tag him in it so he can answer any questions if anyone comments on it, just shit like that. Um, but yeah, check out the socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, subscribe. If you're not subscribed already, if you've stumbled upon this through, uh, you know, you know, super late YouTube (laughs) or, you know, Facebook or Twitter, you're just streaming the episodes from there. Um, just, just subscribe. Then you'll get the episodes as they come out. They're free of charge. Of course, if you don't know how to do that, send me a message, right? I've said the email contact on one man podcast.com. I'll help you out. I'll tell you what you got to do. And, uh, you know, leave us a, leave us a five-star rating, write a review, you know, tell us what you think of the, uh, of the podcast. You know, it's, uh, it's just great. It helps us get out in front of people's faces. The more listeners, the more, uh, the more reason I have to, uh, to keep her going. Right. So, um, I appreciate all you guys. I hope your week goes great. I hope to share some very good news with you in the, the near future. Just in the meantime, just positive vibes. I'm terrified of jinxing it. I just want to let you guys know that I'm not fucking the dog here. I am, uh, for my U S listeners, that means, uh, wasting time. <laughs> I've said that in front of like foreigners before. I'm like, ah, you know, I've been fucking the dog all day and they just look at me funny. I'm like, it doesn't mean what you think, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm working on some shit. I can't wait to, 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 to share some news it'll make a real big difference. In the meantime, I hope you guys are absolutely crushing life. I hope everything's going well for you. Spring seems to be coming, but this last week we had like 3 days straight of snow where it was like sunshine, nice weather and then snow, snow, snow. So, you know, winter's winter's not gone. It's uh it's 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 fighting back. It doesn't it's not going gentle. So, uh I hope we get spring soon. I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you soon.